4: Today is Friday, March 27, 2020. Coming up on Roland Martin on Unfiltered, we'll give you the most up-to-date information on the COVID-19 pandemic. Donald Trump is ordering General Motors and Ford to actually make ventilators, but didn't he just say last night on Sean Hannity show ventilators weren't necessary? What the hell? The House passes a historic $2 trillion stimulus bill in spite of objections from... Republicans from Kentucky really do, really? Also, they passed the Co- Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act. We'll talk with Congresswoman Barbara Lee, tells us what that means. The Department of Labor, they are they suspending affirmative action guidelines? And several high-profile rappers have come down with coronavirus. We'll tell you about it. Plus, we have doctors here to tell you how to take care of your physical and mental health. According to the FBI, white supremacists have a plan to spread the virus. Plus, have a little fun with comedian Chris Paul, who will join us right here. Also, a lot of y'all out there, nonprofits, churches, individuals, you're trying to figure out how to live stream your meetings and also church services and other stuff. I'm gonna break down. I have all this equipment to show you. Plus, we'll Remember the great Harlem Globetrotter, Curly Neal. It's time to bring the funk. Roll the mic down, filter. Let's go. As of today, there are 96,616 cases of COVID-19 in all 50 U.S. states and three territories. At least 1,468 patients have died due to the disease. The virus continues to grow in New York, and now New Orleans has become the epicenter of the United States. Every day, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo gives a daily update. Here he is right now. All right, so we're having some issue here when it comes to playing video, folks. Let me know when we have that figured out. Uh, Right now, though, uh, of course, the White House, are having their daily briefing. Uh, Just a few minutes ago, Donald Trump talked about how he uh, put forth the uh, National Defense Act to get uh, a company like uh, Ford, uh, actually, to General Motors, to make ventilators. Okay, but here's the problem. Just last night, just last night on Sean Harris, Show. He's sitting there going, why do we need 30 or 40,000 ventilators? Why do New York need them? Okay, but, so then you sent a tweet out this morning saying, ordering those companies, they should make them. Folks, these people have no idea what the hell they're doing, uh, and so it just makes no sense whatsoever. Um, I, I don't get it. I had no idea. Uh, now, today, of course, uh, Congress, uh, they passed the a $2 trillion coronavirus stimulus bill passed today on a voice vote, one Kentucky representative who basically forced everybody to come back to DC because he wanted a roll call vote, still wasn't needed. Members of the CBC, of course, made their case for it as well, including one of the folks is Congresswoman Barbara Lee. Uh, She joins us right now. Congresswoman Barbara Lee, how you doing?
5: Well, uh, sheltering in place, but uh, hoping that everyone is healthy and following the health directives of CDC and your uh, health officials. And of course, um, you know, I'm very um, upset and disappointed with what the White House is saying. So we're doing everything we can do to try to make sure that this pandemic uh, has got, is brought under control and that we provide what is necessary for, for healthcare workers, you know, for um, people who've been left off, for the poor, the most vulnerable. And, uh, you know, we just have to circle the wagons around uh, Donald Trump.
4: Um, speaking of that, of course, uh, House members had to come back today because you had this idiot out of Kentucky uh, who wanted to force uh, folks to actually uh, do a roll call vote. Here was uh, Congressman Anthony Brown, who was in the speaker's chair, uh, when the bill actually passed today. No, 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 guys, you have the video when when, when the bill passed today. Go and play the video from the control room. So 40 40-second, 47-second video. All right, let me know when y'all have the video.
0: Mr. Keep Speaker. Up, please. For what purposes, gentlemen, uh, seek recognition? Mr. Speaker, I came here to make sure our republic doesn't die by unanimous consent in an empty chamber, and I request a recorded vote. A recorded vote is
4: requested. Those favoring a recorded vote will rise and remain standing until counted. An insufficient number having risen, a recorded vote is refused. Mr. Speaker. Is the gentleman recognized?
0: I object on the basis that a quorum is not present and make a point of order that a quorum is not present. The chair will count for
4: a quorum. Counted for a quorum. A quorum
3: is present. The motion is adopted.
4: Yeah. Without a- I mean, Congresswoman, look, if this idiot from Kentucky had not done that, frankly, you didn't need all of the members to fly back to D.C. to actually vote on this bill. It was going to pass. I mean, frankly, it was a safety issue, a health issue for members of Congress. Uh, Hell, even Donald Trump blasted this dude.
5: Well... Uh, Rowan, well, glad to talk with you. Uh, but the thing is, a quorum was present. Not all members had to fly back. But what had happened is because of Massey's own personal uh, concerns or issues, which um, to me were just so out of, out of uh, step with the pandemic that we're engaged in, because of that, we had to have a quorum on the floor. And so both Democrats and Republicans uh, together uh, constituted the quorum.
4: Uh, and so, uh, so, so it passes now. Uh, now, so it passed the Senate. It passed the House. Uh, do you believe this bill is actually going to help regular, ordinary people? Will it help small businesses uh, get through this difficult time?
5: Let me tell you, this is uh, a good first start. It's it's uh, required that we do another bill. But let me tell you what, uh, the Black Caucus has been fighting for uh, very quickly, and I just want to applaud our chair, uh, Congresswoman Vance, and all of our members and our committee chairs who really fought hard to make sure that the most vulnerable and small businesses were included uh, as a result of this. And that's what took so long. We had to fight to make sure this was about people and not corporations. We were able to increase uh, funding for our HBCUs and for our small businesses. We have a, a a new... Uh, loan program, $100 billion, and I want to mention this because uh, our 501c3s, and this is extremely important, our nonprofits, our faith-based organizations that have 501c3s can apply for this loan, uh, the $100 billion loan, but the loans will be forgiven at the end of the period uh, if they retain their employees. This is going to uh, require us to provide a lot of technical assistance, but I want to make sure that our nonprofits and that our faith-based groups who are providing phenomenal services are in the queue and uh, receive the type of funding that they uh, so deserve. Also, we included uh, the extension of unemployment benefits, and one of the prior bill, we lifted the work requirements and job training requirements, which were so hurtful and awful for the uh, eligibility for food stamps, SNAP recipients. That was done in a prior bill, Mm -hmm. and we added uh, funding in a prior bill for SNAP recipients. But also, uh, going back to small businesses, we were concerned about uh, businesses that filed only 1099s uh you know barbershops beauty shops one and two person businesses and so now they they will be covered under uh this bill which is a huge uh victory but it's not uh, enough and we have to do more uh just like with the um direct assistance uh twelve hundred dollars uh five hundred dollars for each town okay that's great and we fought to get that but we need a heck of a lot more because this pandemic is going to last and we need people who are the most vulnerable, who are at the bottom end of the economic um, chart to really be able to survive uh, through this period.
4: And uh, I wanna go back to something. So you said uh, which entities uh, that can get loans that if they retain their employees at the end, it will it, the, the loans will basically be forgiven?
5: Sure, this is, okay, now this is really, uh, a little complex, but I'm trying to sort of break it down and we're I gonna be you. sending out notices how to do it But the SBA small business administration provides a disaster assistance loans. It has never provided loans or of grants to nonprofits. Usually, it's the Community Services Development Block Grant, which we increase, I think, by $1.3 billion that goes to the states. But in this instance, nonprofits will apply, will be able to apply to SBA, the Small Business Administration, for, in essence, uh, funding to cover their services. But the loans will be forgiven uh, for non-profits and for small business also if in fact they keep the uh, personnel on payroll at the end of a certain amount of time. So we're unpacking all of this right now, but I want to make sure that our African American non-profits know that $100 billion was set aside for this purpose and to be sure. That you get in touch with your members of Congress and your small business um, loan officials so that uh, we can begin to see funding going to our nonprofits. And also, this would include the 501c3s, which faith based churches uh, operate, not directly to churches, but to their uh, nonprofit organizations.
4: Uh, Well, obviously, that's critically important. As you said, this is not going to be the only bill. I mean, the reality is we're hearing folks say uh, that in some places this thing is going to reach its apex in uh, the first or second week in April. Others believe it's going to continue all the way through April and May. We still don't know what's going to happen when you still have more widespread testing. You look at Mississippi. uh, The numbers have been greatly increasing uh, over the the last uh, couple of weeks. Other states as well. And so we're just monitoring all of this uh, and so even though you have Donald Trump saying we're at the tail end, there's no evidence of that.
5: No, there's no evidence of that. And if you look at other modeling and what is taking place in other countries, this is really just the beginning. And unfortunately, it was this administration that waited uh, darn near two months before they even acknowledged that this was a pandemic and that this was a crisis. I mean, I'm on the Appropriations Committee rolling and We saw them last year just gut everything bit of funding for our disaster preparedness uh, organizations Mm -hmm. and for our pandemic uh, uh, offices that would really be able to have this under control. So this administration was not prepared. It's catch up now. So we've got to move forward. But uh, Congress, thank goodness, is working in a bipartisan way to do this. And I have to just um, applaud Speaker Pelosi, because this bill that uh, we uh, just voted on really uh, had been only for corporations, none of this that I mentioned in terms of uh, Mm -hmm. minority serving institutions or nonprofits or uh, unemployment compensation extension, none of these provisions would have been in had not Speaker Pelosi and our Congressional Black Caucus and other Democrats gotten in and made sure that we negotiated the bill. That is this the beginning of what we hope will be able to address the health first of all, aspects of this pandemic, and secondly, the economic impact.
4: Um, Last question for you, in terms of, you mentioned people should get in contact with their their member of Congress. And so, um, for those small businesses, nonprofits, uh, and faith-based institutions, um, in terms of the process, uh, is there gonna be a single place where people go to get the information, uh, to understand the deadlines, who can apply, who can't apply?
5: Yes, and we're still, again, it was just signed into right. law today, and so we're trying to uh, unpack that also. But I believe if you go straight to uh, the SBA's website or call your member of Congress, I know for my constituents, for example, I'm doing a town, a town meeting tonight, and we're going to have someone on from the Small Business Administration to try to talk about the process moving forward. But let me remind you, this is a new program. Uh, And it's something that – I think I said 100 billion. It's 100 million, excuse me. And it's something that uh, we've never done before. So it's going to take a while, but hopefully uh, the bureaucracy in this will have been not – that we haven't put up so much bureaucracy that it would be uh, a hassle for our organizations to apply for. So I, in my own district, we're monitoring this, we're staying on top of it, and I know for a fact all CBC members are on top of it. So I would really encourage you to stay in touch with your members, because they are doing a phenomenal job fighting for our communities and for what could have been left out of these bills.
4: Appreciate it, thanks a lot.
5: Okay, nice talking with you. Likewise, thank you very much. Appreciate it,
4: do the same. Folks, as I said, a lot of Congressional Black Caucus members, uh, they were uh, giving their thoughts on this particular bill. Let's go hear what they had to say earlier today.
6: Americans need urgent action of this body, the Congress, to address this threat to the lives and livelihood of American people. We do so with passage of this bill. It's not a perfect bill, but this short-term action will go a long way to save lives, Help the economy and pave a path to recovery. Aside from support to health care and economy, one of the most important measures in this bill, in the CARE Act, is the support and investment we make in our children. The $30 billion in educational funds as well as the $14 billion in allocated higher education will do that.
7: You cannot judge the greatness of America based on our wealth or our military might. We should only judge the greatness of America based on how we stand up for the least, the lost, and the left behind. The CARES bill is legislation that will help and provide relief to the most vulnerable amongst us. It will provide relief to everyday Americans. It will provide relief to small businesses. It will provide relief to displaced workers. My home
3: state of New York has become the epicenter of this terrible pandemic. This bill brings financial support to increase the number of hospital beds, equipped our brave doctors, nurses, EMTs and other medical providers who are our front line of the fence and who should not be asked to risk their lives to save others. This crisis will pass. Our economy will recover. But American families and workers who lost their jobs by the millions through no fault of their own desperately need this financial support now. This bill provides important grants and loans to small businesses, which will be critical to our economic recovery. There's more for us to do, but this bill is an important first step to secure Gentlemen's American families
4: expired. and workers. All right, folks, a lot of things happen. Let's go right to our panel. Joining us right now is Dr. Dionbe Carter. She, she is the professor, Department of Political Science, Howard University. Also, uh, we have with us Robert Patillo, executive director of the Rainbow Push Coalition Peachtree Street Project. And I think we have uh, Quadricos Driscoll, adjunct professor. George Washington University. Uh, I will start with you, Dr. Carter. House passes this bill. I mean, first of all, it was quite interesting to see even Republicans trashing one of their own for forcing people to have to fly back to D.C. to constitute a quorum to pass this bill.
2: Well, I mean, look, Congress is not immune to this disease, and I think they know this. I mean, as you see, some of their colleagues have contracted COVID-19, and I think they're afraid like everybody else, except they have a little bit more of a cushion to land on than most Americans. Nonetheless, I mean, I think everybody is at the point where they finally are realizing that this is not a partisan issue or it shouldn't be, that we're talking about real people's lives and that folks are are facing some really tough issues. positions in the next few months. I mean, we're talking about economic upheaval, but we're also talking about physical, mental and emotional upheaval. So there's a lot that's at stake here, even for the members of Congress. So I think they finally pulled themselves together enough to do something as imperfect as it is.
4: Uh, Robert, uh, you have this uh, guy, Massey from Kentucky, wanting everybody to be on the record. I mean, like, dude, really? (laughs)
7: <laughs> well, let's understand, this is one of the first times I've ever seen Donald Trump and John Kerry agree on a subject, uh, <laughs> as they both trash Mr. Massey on Twitter. Uh, but let's let's not forget the re- reason to me Republicans are on board with this is primarily because they were able to give trillions of dollars to their corporate interests and in their and basically create a 500 billion dollars slush fund, um, to uh, support businesses. They are uh, picking winners and losers. So while the public is getting a 1,200 dollar check, it's been, um it, unemployment benefits. We don't know where that other 500 billion dollars is going to go, and that's the reason we had some of the bipartisan support. They want to get it through before we make a read the rest of it. There was a uh, what 800 page bill and. I doubt anyone in Congress knows fully what is in it. We're going to be unpacking this for years to come, but it was crucial to get this done at this moment to to prevent us from slipping further into a recession and perhaps into a depression.
4: Uh, Quadricos, I mean, surely normally when these things happen, you want uh, folks taking the time going through the bill, but what, what we constantly heard is it has to get done now.
8: Well, you're absolutely right, Roland. I mean, while I'm a professor at GW, I am also a healthcare lobbyist, uh, which is part of my full-time job. And so I actually helped to lobby for this bill. As the congresswoman said, there is a lot to unpackage here. And I think we're going to be going through this at least to uh, the year end, right? Um, In terms of occupational segregation with regard to uh, people of color, particularly African-Americans and Latinx who make up predominantly— uh, the lower income workforce we're going to be unpackaged that from a healthcare perspective we're going to be unpackaging that when it comes to small businesses is nonprofits so there's a lot in this eight hundred and eighty page bill which I was sifting through today myself that is is going to be very beneficial I think to our community in many respects but also we we have to be very clear particularly when it comes to those checks upwards to twelve hundred dollars for low-income people of color make up disproportionately uh, the work industries when it comes to hotel service, when it comes to chefs and cooks, when it comes to the wait staff. that's upwards of 70%. Uh, but the question becomes, is this bill or is this stimulus enough for them? And unfortunately, I don't think it will be.
4: Uh, well, again, that's the one thing that we are all are looking at, trying to figure out exactly what is going on. Let me give you, give you this thing here quite interesting. Uh, and that is, uh, I saw this tweet from Conswoman, uh congresswoman... Um Out of New Jersey, Bonnie Coleman, as the coronavirus crisis continues. uh, It's real interesting. She tweeted that Donald Trump's Department of Labor is trying to simply get rid of affirmative action in the midst of the coronavirus crisis. This is what she tweeted on the day the Senate passed the largest economic stimulus package in American history. Uh, The administration now is time, uh, has now decided now is the time to cut out women and minority owned businesses. So it's really interesting, uh, Dr. Carter, that they're using this moment to why would you use this moment? to stop affirmative action programs in the Department of Labor?
2: Well, I mean, it would be easy to do it because people are panicking and people want something. So they're probably not looking at the fine print, as Robert and Cordricos pointed out. There's a lot there that people are not going to see and that people will skip over simply because we need relief and people want something that looks like steady in this storm. So we saw remnants of this, remember when the Patriot Act passed, right after September 11th, people gave up lots of their civil liberties, their privacy, for example, for the sake of something that looked like safety. And I think we'll see something like that this time. It's very easy to do when you're in a panic and people want you to act quickly. Like people are afraid. People are already feeling the pinch financially. And so they wanted something to happen. How it happened, the sort of How the sausage got made was sort of unimportant, but I think we'll feel this um, as time goes on. And as as, uh, Congresswoman Coleman points out, right, these are the small things that get slipped in that you can miss when you have very long pieces of legislation in very limited time to actually digest that legislation.
4: Go to my iPad, folks. I'm gonna read the three tweets that she put out. Uh, She said, today I learned that the Department of Labor is suspending its affirmative action guidelines. For decades, we have fought to ensure that minority and women-owned businesses were given the opportunity to work on federal, state, and local projects. Now with the stroke of a pen, the USDOL has decided that one way to overcome this crisis is to suspend fairness rules on these projects. This is a further expression of the racism evidenced by the Trump administration. Uh, on the day the Senate passed the largest economic stimulus package in American history, the administration decided now was the time to cut out women and minority-owned businesses. Uh, this is the link that she posted uh, right here. Uh, and this is the letter. Uh, it says, Memorandum on March 17, 2020 to all contracting agencies of the federal government. All from Craig Lean, director of the federal contract Compliance office, in view of the special circumstances in the national interest presented by the novel coronavirus outbreak and consistent with agency practice related to emergency responses, I've decided to grant a limited exemption and waiver for from some of the requirements of the laws administered by the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs. Robert, what the hell?
7: I I'm so not that I agree with this. I'm going to give you their side of the argument. So just to be clear. Not that i agree with it i'm giving you their side of the argument uh the, the point of their the their claim that they're trying to make is that because we're in an exigent circumstance and that we need to uh in that emergency measures you uh they are reducing the uh the affirmative action requirements and the ability uh in order to speed up and streamline the process to get people back to work and to get hiring and contracting done as quickly as possible that is the argument the administration is using i don't i disagree with that i believe that um as normal this is another attempt to uh, to kind of screw over the little guy in these situations. We saw last uh, last night that you had three Republican senators. Holding up the entire bill just to uh, because six hundred dollars might go to poor people. Uh, you saw Massey today uh, who wanted to hold up the entire bill because he felt that it increased the deficit too much. There are, there's always for some reason millions, billions, and even trillions of dollars for corporations and for the millionaire and billionaire class. But for somehow, as Bernie Sanders says, giving poor people six hundred dollars at the end of the universe somehow uh, having these requirements to still have minority competition in front of extra and affirmative action programs in the Department of Labor, they feel that as a bridge. To
4: too far right now. Uh, uh, quadricos is interesting. Go back to my iPad, folks. It says in short, this exemption and waiver extends to all affirmative action obligations of supply and service and construction contracts and other obligations as specified in the FAR clauses above. It's going to extend from March seventeenth, twenty twenty, to June seventeenth, twenty twenty. Jesus, mm-hmm. we get screwed I mean, here. This. <laughs>
8: This is nothing more than the trick of the enemy. We've seen this before. And I think we could, we will continue to, unfortunately, see it again. We saw it with the Affordable Care Act when the uh, president and the administration tried to uh, make sure that the Affordable Care Act did not necessarily get to the states, uh, the information. And so this, again, we will continue to see these sort of tricks by the administration sliding in things or people don't know about. And I think as Dr. Carter said, because this bill was so massive, it they, and they will continue to sneak a lot of things in, I think we will see things sort of forthcoming even as this bill unfolds.
4: Well, absolutely, and so uh, it is uh, interesting in terms of exactly what's going to happen w- with this bill. So we're going to keep covering this whole deal. All right, folks. Uh, there are a number of uh, high-profile individuals who have gotten the coronavirus uh, and announced exactly what took place. Uh, Scarface, rapper out of Houston, uh, of, he has announced that uh, he has contracted the coronavirus. This is a video he put out.
9: I stay in there till Sunday. They swab my nose trying to find out if I got coronavirus, you know. Come back in there again. That next Wednesday, Thursday, nothing. Last night, they called me to tell me that at 11.30 at night, mind you, I'm in the bed, sleep. Said that I tested positive for the, for the COVID-19 right now. I haven't been nowhere. I've been in my house. I ain't been nowhere. I ain't been on no planes. I ain't been in no restaurants. You know, you know how I get out of a wheel. I ain't gonna be everywhere. I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna go home. But uh, that came up, bro. I got, I got COVID. I got the coronavirus, bro. And people out there thinking that this the is a game. You don't want to play with this. You know I got asthma, too. Mm-hmm. So for me to have... Right. Uh, yeah, for me to have... Pneumonia in both of my lungs, mm-hmm. and my my uh, my my uh, kidneys and heart and lungs filled up with fluid. I don't see how, how nobody can can even want to play play them games. Like I don't want to have fun that bad.
4: Uh, that was on the podcast of Willie D, uh, one of his fellow rappers. Also, Houston rapper Slim Thug announced he also has been infected.
10: Check this out. No games being played, all right. The other day, I got tested for the coronavirus yesterday, and it came back positive. As careful as I've been, self quarantining and staying home, I might have did went got something to eat or something. I did some stuff like that, simple stuff like that, nothing crazy. Stayed in my truck, had masks, gloves, everything on, and my test came back positive. So. Y'all got to take this stuff serious, sit home, self-quarantine, do not come outside for however long they saying. If you have uh, symptoms, you need to go get what, ch- what checked out or whatever. I'm good. I feel good. I don't got no problems right now. Um, the other day I had a slight fever in the cough. I don't. I feel better now. I don't have no fever. You know what I'm saying? Nothing like that.
4: So I, I feel like I'm good, but y'all better take it serious. It's real out here. Coronavirus. Prime Minister of the UK, Boris Johnson, he announced on his Twitter feed that he also has the coronavirus. Uh, Go to my iPad, please.
3: Bring you up to speed with something that's happening today, which is that I've developed mild symptoms of the coronavirus. That's to say a temperature and a, a persistent cough. And on the advice of the chief medical officer, I've taken a test. That has come out positive. So I am working from home, I'm self-isolating, and that's entirely the right thing to do. Uh, but be in no doubt that I can continue, uh, thanks to the Wizardry of Modern Technology, to communicate with all my top team to lead the national fight back against coronavirus. And I want to thank everybody who's involved. I want to thank, but of course, above all our amazing NHS staff. It was very moving last night to join in that national clap uh, for the NHS but it 's not just the NHS it 's our police, our, our social care workers, uh, teachers, everybody who works in schools so I want to bring you up to speed with something that 's happening today, which is that i 've developed mild symptoms.
4: Uh, again that was uh Boris johnson making that particular announcement there uh folks uh and uh talk about the impact i saw there was a uh sheriff commander uh, in detroit with wayne county uh who died from coronavirus 60 years old 18 other people in that department uh, also uh, have contracted the coronavirus and so uh this is something that is making it extremely difficult uh for a lot of people because again this is where testing comes in uh it's interesting when you when you see that when you see those videos uh, Dr. Carter, uh, that you, you don't you don't know. I mean, you hear uh, in the case of Scarface, first of all, uh, having asthma, uh, that's one of those preexisting conditions that this is actually exacerbates it. But this is where testing still comes in. You simply don't know. You can't look at somebody uh, and say, uh, man, how you know, how, how did they actually get it? That's part of the problem here.
2: And it takes so long for those symptoms to exhibit themselves. This is how people infect other people. So he could have been around somebody conceivably, even in passing, that might have been a carrier and didn't even know it. And I think that's what's scary. And the fact that it takes so long to get your results back. I mean, Coronavirus looks like a lot of things. I mean, fever, you know, maybe a scratchy throat, a cough. I mean, that can look like a lot of different things. And so you don't know until you get tested. But part of the difficulty folks have been having is getting access to tests and then the amount of time it actually takes for you to get those results back. So it may take you five days to get the results back. And what do people do in the meantime? I mean, we've already heard these horror stories of people who are healthcare workers and sort of front of the line. Um, you know, first responders and others having difficulty obtaining tests. And then for the rest of us who are not wealthy, who are not connected, how do we actually get tests to rule this out and know that, say, maybe this is just the flu or some other thing um, and not coronavirus? And I think that's the part that's extremely scary, because for those who do have preexisting conditions like asthmatics, my nephew is an asthmatic, or people who are hypertensive, folks on blood thinners, folks who are diabetics, older people, like where are their opportunities to actually be tested? Um, And we're not talking about being hypochondriacs, but if we look at what's happened in South Korea, if we looked at what's happened in Italy, part of the way they were able to control the spread was through very robust testing, and we are lagging behind in our testing in this country,
4: unfortunately. Uh, right now, Robert, uh, there's a news conference going on at the White House. We're not showing it live because Donald Trump really just lies too much. He has to be fact-checked as opposed to just putting it out there. But but I'm going to play for something that I think is shameful and despicable. Uh, there's this whole deal where he, he wants governors to essentially kiss his ass in order to receive federal assistance. So go, 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 listen to this
0: appreciative of of what the federal government's done and you've suggested that some of these governors are not doing everything they need to do like that these governors are at fault can you be specific what more in this time of well i think we've done a great job for the state of washington and i think the governor who's a failed presidential candidate as you know he he leveled out at zero uh in the polls uh he's constantly chirping and i guess complaining would be a nice way of saying it we're building hospitals we've done a great job for the state of washington uh, Michigan, all she does is she has no idea what's going on. And all she does is say, oh, it's the federal government's fault, and we've taken such great care of Michigan. You know the care we've taken of New Jersey. I think if you ask Governor Murphy of New Jersey, how are we doing, I think he would say, great. I think. He's a Democrat. Governor Cuomo has really said, we're really doing a great job. And I saw the news conference where he was thanking the people from FEMA, the people from Army Corps of Engineers this morning. I mean, they built a hospital, like, in three and a half days. And it's a big hospital in the Javits Center. And they're building medical facilities in different parts of New York. And Governor Cuomo has been appreciative. But you know, a couple of people aren't. We have done a hell of a job. The federal government has really stepped up. Well, what I'm asking is what more specifically do you want the governor of Washington uh all the I want them to do, to do very simple. I want them to be appreciative. I don't want them to say things that aren't true. I want them to be appreciative. We've done a great job. And I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about Mike Pence, the task force, I'm talking about FEMA. The Army Corps of Engineers, there's no country in the world could have done what the Army Corps of Engineers has done and is doing. Now they're going in and building literal, they're going into hotels and renovating hotels. That should be for governors to do. That should be for states to do. We have the Army Corps of Engineers so teed up and so... stuck.
4: Robert, really?
0: Please kiss my ass? Well, I think one of the good things,
7: one of the things we can take a lot of solace in as a, as a nation... Is that they've taken the keys away from Grandpa and just let him play with the radio? Uh, what we've seen is that the coronavirus task force headed up by Mike Pence has actually done an outstanding job of getting testing um, uh, ramped up after initially not, uh, not being taken seriously by administration. I think since Vice President uh, Pence has been put in charge of the outbreak, we've seen massive progress in the uh, in triage units and ensuring that we uh, contain the uh, the outbreak. Remember when this outbreak started? That we were looking at three three uh, percent or three point four percent mortality rates. Uh, for people infected with it. Right now, the U.S. has nearly 100,000 infections, but only about 1,000 deaths, which is right around 1% uh, because of the job that Mike Pence and the task force has done. What we have noticed is, Regardless of what Trump says during the press conferences, very little of that actually goes into uh, to policy. And I think there are adults in the room who are actually handling the response, and they allow him to go up and, like I said, play with the radio. He gets to uh, talk. He gets to have his press conferences. But very little that has any impact on the actual federal response. You know, uh, there was a game show host the other day who said they wanted to open up the country by Easter, Nobody took that seriously. There was no action taken by the the actual task force that would actually go towards that. So we have adults in charge. And what President Trump says is more so just, uh, it's replaced his rallies as being his way of letting off steam and feeling like he's involved.
4: Uh, Jesus, Dr. Carter. I mean, the the guy, be appreciative. No, he wants them to kiss his ass. In In fact, the governor of Michigan, she did a radio interview where she said that they've had suppliers tell them they can't send stuff to their state, and she's saying that's because Trump has been ripping them. That, to me, is despicable. Well, I mean,
2: look, Trump has never been known for his temperament. He's never been known to be able to manage much Even in the best of times, we could count on him to be less harmful. Now we're in the worst of times, and we actually need him to do his job, and he does what he always does, which is if the facts don't comport with his view of the world, he will lie, he will obfuscate, he will tear people down, he will come after people's reputations. And I think the one thing that he doesn't like about governors is that governors are actually executives who are tasked with many of the same things that he has to do. And so in some ways, he's dealing with peers who have a better sense of what's happening on the ground in their states than he does. And he wants fealty. He wants people to beg him. And that's always been his playbook. If you're not around to give him uh, claps and applause, he doesn't really have any use for you. And you would expect him to behave better. But he's not giving us any, any indication that he will or that he can. And it is despicable because this is not what folks need. And again, I mean, well, Robert says, you know, he's largely harmless, but saying things that contradict your public health, Um, officials is dangerous. We see what's happened in Mississippi so far, where you have the governor there saying, like, forget these stay-at-home orders and just go about and be in the world, people, because it doesn't really matter. So yes, it may not become national policy, but we see people who are like-minded acting on this, and that does put people's lives in danger.
4: Uh, Quadricos, it's really, I mean, sad to sit there where here you are in a national emergency. Uh, you should have uh, somebody, you should have folks working together with states. In fact, what you have is a, a child, and a petty, insolent child uh, who is leading this effort, who wants all of the, the attention, who wants all the praise, who wants everybody to kiss his ass. And and And, and I'm sorry, didn't he win Michigan? He's actually screwing the residents of a state that he won, what? That's crazy.
8: I mean, right. This is part of the course with President Trump. We have seen this time and time again. Even when Mitt Romney came back, his coronavirus test was negative. What did he say via Twitter? Oh, I'm so glad he's a rhino, but yet he's uh, positive. This is good for the country. I mean, the reality is, he is doing much more harm than he is. Uh, good. We have people in this country, particularly his supporters, who are listening to every word that he says, and they are going out and they are not abiding by the quarantine laws or the shutdowns of their particular state. Again, Dr. Carr mentioned Mississippi, but even when you look at states like West Virginia, even when you look at states like Louisiana, those are largely Trump territory. And because these... In- these cases are increasing. It's because they're not listening to him. You have even the the person on his uh, faith-based initiative, Jerry Faldwell, the president of Liberty University, who actually called the students and the faculty and staff back to the campus. I mean, this is one of his key top supporters in his administration. Clearly, they are listening to the president. So that that is a larger problem here.
4: All right, folks, uh, I'm going to go to a break right now. We come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the mental health uh, that people need to be dealing with. How do you stay positive when you're dealing with so much uncertainty? And we'll talk to virologists who will also give us more understanding of what is next in this whole issue, this whole issue of the coronavirus. Folks, we got jam-packed stuff for you. Also, we're going to have, in the second hour of the show, we'll talk to uh, comedian Chris Paul. He got some last force. And uh, get a shot here, folks. Uh, so I've got these cameras set up. I've got uh, these lights set up. Uh, Anthony, get a shot of it. And so I'm going to take y'all through some live streaming options that's going to be important for you. Uh, and so I'm going to walk you through all that sort of stuff in the second half of the show as well. And so going to go to a break. We'll be back on Rolling Martin Unfiltered. Back in a moment. <laughs>
9: I would have
11: never been able to raise five kids alone without this excellent job. And the security of my union, working closely with my employer to make sure that I got the raises I deserved, that I had the medical benefits I deserved, that my children needed, making sure I have job security, making sure that um, I am overall successful. It's exciting to keep making a difference. It's exciting to just be part of such a great cause, involving people, which is what I love to do.
12: Jackie Rodriguez's work as a pathology assistant doesn't just allow her to support her five kids. It's her way of making her community stronger. Behind every tissue sample is a real person, someone who needs her help, and Jackie takes that role seriously. Surgical patients will probably never meet her, but her precision and attention to detail are essential to quality healthcare. There are so many AFSME members like Jackie who bring their A game every day. If you know one, and if you're blown away by their dedication to public service, please go to this website and nominate them for a Never Quit Award.
4: All right, folks, welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered as we continue our coverage of the coronavirus. All the different aspects of this whole deal, uh, it, is, uh, it has been really, uh, really crazy uh, what has been happening. A lot of schools are going to be going back uh, t- next week, uh, starting distance learning. Dr. Carter, I, had, I talked to Greg Carr last night. I know you got to go in a moment. Uh, how uh, have you been uh, conducting your classes as a result of the COVID-19
2: yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely not as technologically sound as my colleagues, but um, <laughs> using Blackboard Ultra, which will allow you to do synchronous classes so we can have classes our usual time. I've also been doing recordings of my notes with voiceovers to help students who may be in different time zones or may have different life needs now that they're back at home. I mean, students are going to work. I mean, people may not actually have a computer that they can rely on or are sharing computers things like that. So we've had to be flexible. We've had to be nimble. Um, We've been using a lot of discussion boards and kind of blogging style techniques so we can actually have a conversation together. But I definitely have to give credit to my students because they've been really helpful and have led the way, giving me ideas about how best to teach them because we're all learning this uh, together. I know how to teach online, but it's another whole skill to do it really, really well. And picking it up in two weeks is is a a hefty, hefty lift. But I will say everybody's been patient and the university has expanded its training and created a better networking environment for us to be able to use Zoom and to be able to use um, Teams and all these different technologies to meet different class needs. And, you know, I have a class of 50, so it's a bit of a challenge to do it online. But I've been trying to to think about different ways to engage them because it is a different environment now. We don't get to see each other's faces and having a conversation online is just not the same kind of skill. So, look, I need to be watching you for how to do this.
4: <laughs> so, so 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 the students are teaching the professor
2: yeah, I mean, look, we're all learning together. I mean, but they have some ideas about things I didn't know about. Like, hey, you can take things and put it on YouTube. It would have never crossed my mind to do that. And it was thanks to students suggesting these kind of things that I'm I'm expanding, you know, my mind. I mean, you know, this old dog has to learn a few new tricks, too. Uh,
4: well, uh, that certainly makes a whole lot of sense. Let me ask <laughs> you this, uh, uh, Quadricos. Um, uh, go to my iPad. Uh, guess what? Uh... A domino has fallen. Trish Regan, fired by Fox Business. Uh, this just coming down, Fox announced they're parting ways with her. But they took her off the air because she did this whole commentary on the coronavirus impeachment scam. And then, of course, the entire network, Quadricos, changed their tune the following week when Trump started taking this seriously. Oops. You know, Roland, you, you keep giving me, like, obvious trump
8: things i mean these people in fox news can't we we can't really take them seriously uh she should be fired right the and we're going to continue to see false truths we're going to continue to see false narratives um by the administration unfortunately we're going to continue to see false narratives by fox news and supporters of the like and it's going to be really incumbent upon us to really call our members of congress As uh, the Congresswoman said earlier, to really call these various agencies or go online to figure out what exactly is the truth and to listen not to the administration, but to listen to the medical experts on COVID 19, to listen to the agencies where a lot of these policies in the CARES Act will be coming from. Turn off Fox News, turn off CNN, and go actually to the sources themselves. And I think that's what faith-based leaders, that's what community leaders need to be informing their constituencies is not necessarily listening to the administration, but listening to the experts and the people who will be rolling out the CARES Act and the stimulus packages.
4: Uh, Or you just watch our show, because that's how we roll. Uh, That too. Dr. Carter, (laughs) uh, your final comment before you got to go. Clearly, uh, if you're Trish Regan, you thought kissing Donald Trump's ass was going to save your job. It cost you your job.
2: Absolutely. And this is when keeping it real goes wrong, right? <laughs> that you cannot do this kind of nonsense and expect nothing. And I think folks, are, I mean, I think Quadricos, Quadricos is exactly right. There's a lot of misinformation out here. And the best thing any of us can do is equip ourselves with the information. If you're confused about something about coronavirus, go to the CDC. If you want to know what's happening in Congress, go to your congressperson's webpage or just go to the Congress's site itself. You can download bills and it's a lot. It's very daunting, but they have a little brief snippet before you can actually get into it. Or you can look at reputable news sources. Your show is one, but there are others that are also out there that people can get information from. Um, But people like Trish Reagan, we can't take her seriously. She should have been taken seriously um, to begin with, and calling it news is a stretch, and it gives it a veneer of respectability and and believability that it shouldn't have. It the same way that these live briefings have been going, um, because as you point out, these people will lie at any cost if it thinks it's if they think there's something at the end of the the rainbow.
4: For them. Uh, and unfortunately, Trish Regan found unemployment at the end of hers. Dr. Carter, we really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks a lot. Thank
7: you. Have Rob- a
4: good weekend. Robert, I'm going to get your comment on this. Uh, clearly, uh, uh, Trish, I guess she'd be calling Newsmax or somebody right now.
7: Well, you know, Trish is a friend of mine. I used to do her show every Wednesday. Uh, so I will call her after the show. But what, what I think happens to people often is that they try to out-Trump Trump. They hear Trump say something, um, which he, you know of course, goes back on a couple minutes after he says it, and they try to get out in front of him. They try to go further than Trump ever said. So when you start calling a global pandemic a Democratic scam, a hoax, saying that the media coverage is hysteria, and now, a couple months later, we have um, uh, a uh, uh, 100,000 people in America who are sick, 1,000 dead and <laughs> Italy is losing a 1,000 people a day, you have to understand that you can't get that far out ahead and not follow the medical science, and now people are starting to take it seriously, but what would have happened if the news media and if the White House and the administration had taken this seriously from the beginning? Once you saw China shut down 60 million people in quarantine and lockdown, you should have realized this is not a game. When you saw the NBA, MLB, and every major sports league shut down, you should have known at that point Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff do not have that much power, and that this is real and we need to pay attention i think that slowness has
4: cost us our response Uh, and of course uh fox news got lots of old people and so they changed their tune Mm -hmm. real quick and that's what happens that's why you can't trust crazy people all right folks in times of crisis wars terrorist attack recessions and natural disasters people typically come together but the COVID 19 pandemic not a typical crisis and coming together is while social distancing is almost impossible now Social contact is an important part of daily life, so how do we deal with our feelings of anxiety and loneliness, but but also, how do we stay positive in the midst of this? Joining us right now is mental health clinician Jamie Singletary. Jamie, how you doing?
13: I'm good. How are you?
4: Doing great. So, right. So how do we stay positive amidst all of this drama?
13: Well, you know, I've been listening to the show, and one of the things that I think is the common theme is that we just don't know. And sometimes when it's an unknown, it's very scary and it's anxiety provoking. But I think we have to stay grounded in the fact and we have to stay calm and we have to give ourselves a break, knowing that it's okay if we don't know right now. You know, thinking about social distancing, you know, we can't really socially distance when we need each other. So we have to more physically distance, but we stay connected. And I think we have seen Across the country, we've gotten really creative in doing DIY projects to itself. We've also started to incorporate more virtual groups. I am a mental health clinician. I know one of the things that we've done is we've gone virtual with our programming, telemedicine, telehealth. But we've also just picked up the phone and start calling and talking to people. So it's all about keeping your perspective, and not getting too caught up in the hysteria.
4: So what do you do when you have a parent or someone like that who who calls you and freaks you the hell out? Uh, I know somebody that happened, their mom (laughs) called, and it was like all of a sudden they became anxious because their mama was tripping. It's kind of like, I was like, baby, tell your mama to calm the hell down.
13: (laughs) Absolutely. You know, I think one of the things that I've learned early on when you're working with mental health is that the first thing we do is validate and acknowledge the feeling. If the feeling is fear, if the feeling is anger, we go ahead and acknowledge that and say that it's okay to feel that way. And then we begin to de-escalate those emotions and start to get rooted in fact. And sometimes with this particular issue, we don't know the fact. We're giving so many different directions that it makes it very difficult to know what to do. But I've had several calls where people are saying, what do I do? I'm panicking. And we just kind of focus on what is it that we can't And what we know to do right now is to stay safe and be cautiously optimistic because it is fearful and it's okay to be scared, but we don't want to get hysterical. So I think you got to talk about it, acknowledge it, and then talk about what's in your control.
4: Um, What about uh, dealing with all of these young folks who can't have proms, can't have graduations, uh, and who are are saddened by not having those senior memories uh, for the rest of their lives?
13: You know, I think the corona has also impacted the way we grieve and they're going to have to grieve that loss because that's very new to all of us. All of us can look back and we had a graduation, we had a prom, I was on the track team, I participated in spring sports. So to know that these things are not happening, we just have to support them. We have to acknowledge that we don't know how they feel, but we're compassionate about their loss and allow them to grieve that and not tell them things like, oh... It'll happen or it's not that big of a deal. It is a big of deal. And we have to have that compassion and empathy for everybody, especially our seniors.
4: All right, then. Well, Jamie Singletary, we surely appreciate it. Thank you so very much. And hopefully... Uh, oh, actually, last one, last one. Um, for the parents out there themselves who are now being driven crazy because they got kids in the house all day. Uh, I'm I'm seeing posts on social media. It's some parents out here who are losing their mind because they cannot they cannot handle this much time around their kid.
13: I know it's a crazy thought that people have to spend time with their family, right? <laughs>
4: so
13: it's one of those things where we're saying try to incorporate your regular routine. Get up, and get dressed. Incorporate things that you would normally do. Carve out time to do work. Carve out time to rest. Carve out time just to relax. So that way. It's not just a very redundant, I'm looking at you, you're looking at me, now what do we do? So we just have to be able to adjust and be realistic in our expectations.
4: All right, Jamie and Singletary, we really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Where can people find you for more information on social media?
13: Yes, they can go to my Facebook page. That's Jamie Nicole Singletary. And I'm also on Instagram at jnicole79.
4: All right, thanks, thanks a bunch. I appreciate it. Bye. Thank you, folks. The Federal Bureau of Investigation is warning that in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, neo-Nazis and white supremacist groups are urging members to infect law enforcement and Jewish people With the disease. Members of white extremist organizations discuss specific ways to do that, such as spraying cops using bottles full of bodily fluids or sending infected members to crowded public areas, especially those with large numbers of Jewish people, according to a report by ABC News. Uh, Quadricos, um, look, the Trump administration has focused so much on uh, Muslims as opposed to these white domestic terrorists. We've been saying it from the beginning. Don't ignore these crazy white folks.
8: You're absolutely right. I mean, you have COVID-19, this unseen enemy to deal with. And now, unfortunately, being Jewish, being black, being person of color in this country, you have to continuously worry about white supremacists. What the administration should be focused on and what he should instruct the DOJ to do is to halt these groups. Unfortunately, do we think that he would Absolutely not, because they very well might this as a credible threat. And, and that's why I think we have to empower ourselves as well as ensure that our communities are taking care of each other and ourselves. We can't necessarily always depend on law enforcement. We cannot necessarily always depend on the administration, but we can depend upon our communities. We can go to your show and others or credible news sites, and it comes to our nonprofits and our faith-based organizations and institutions to ensure that we have the right information and that we are most importantly taking care of ourselves.
4: Uh, Robert, uh, to to, to hear what these white supremacists are thinking about, I mean, this is one of the things we've we've heard experts always warn us about when it comes to people using biological weapons to attack uh, people.
7: Uh, Well, let's appreciate, after reading up on their plan, This is one of the most high-level stupid plans I've ever heard, Uh, because in order for it to work, you have to have somebody with coronavirus come to your meeting of other white supremacists and then provide bodily fluids full of coronavirus and then distribute it to your other members and then go find large groups of law enforcement or Jews, at which point in time you've already infected your entire neo-Nazi splinter cell. With coronavirus, so by the time they get done ha- uh, coughing and hacking up, and more likely going to the hospital, you won't have a neo-Nazi chapter to uh, to go infect people. So. This is what happens when you get really stupid people together in a room to make stupid ideas. This is a wily e. coyote plan. This is the type of plan that you'll see on a Saturday morning cartoon. So I do believe the Trump administration does need to crack down on these groups. We do need to be vigilant of any groups along these lines, but they are far more likely to take out their entire cell of white supremacists before they infect anybody else.
4: And I ain't got no problem with dumbasses doing that. Take all, just knock yourselves out. Like, go yeah, y'all, y'all go handle all the
7: coronavirus spit and sweat and pee you want and then see how that works out for you. I'm sure all of you have like a bachelor's of epidemiology and a PhD in science, so you know exactly how to do this. It, it's one of the dumbest ideas I've ever heard. So I hope they try it because more than likely we will have a good reduction in our white supremacist population.
4: Again, that's that's that, that's my whole point. I mean, I got no problem if they have cr- uh, coronavirus parties that take all, to take each other out. I'm good with that. All right, folks, some people are having certainly fun with the uh, coronavirus coronavirus pandemic or trying to figure out how to enjoy themselves. Check out the Howard University soccer team. Right, folks. We've been talking about the coronavirus in terms of where we are. More than 100,000 now confirmed cases in the United States, more than any other country in the world. Some people are saying, though, we're going to be reaching our peak in a couple of weeks. Joining us right now is Dr. Cindy Duke. Uh, she is a virologist, uh, and we're certainly glad to have her here. Uh, Doc, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, all right. So let's, let's talk about this here because I, I'm reading all these stories, and I'm hearing people saying that Uh, We're going to have we're going to reach this peak by April 1st. Some people fact, I've gotten text messages uh, from people uh, who say that because of the symptoms and when they reach uh, their point that we really. uh, Matter of fact, let me find it right now. Uh, Let me find the tweet that I got the text that I got earlier uh, that I I found to be actually uh, quite interesting. Uh, And according to um, according to this, it says from March 23rd to April 3rd. Uh, we're going to be at the peak of the virus uh, because of when, pe- when, of course, when the steam began to spray, when people initially got infected and then the symptoms, symptoms begin to build. And so give us a sense of where we're going right now based upon the data that you see.
6: Yes, I think, unfortunately, it's unlikely that there will be a peak in the next week. And that's only because we haven't actually restricted spread. We, we haven't achieved containment. Right. And so in order to have containment and therefore a peak and then a fall. So in order to plateau, you first have to contain the virus, meaning stop spreading it. And in order to do that, you really have to stop people, restrict travel, really stop the interaction, the social interaction. And at this point, about half of the country is doing that, but the other half is not and that's the problem. And so although I would love to be able to tell everyone here right now that we will in fact have a peak in a that's not true because more and more new people are being infected. If you follow the data coming out of Johns Hopkins University School of Engineering, where they've been tracking the infections across the country, the infection is actually spreading in cities across the country, side of Washington state, New York State or California, you're actually seeing higher and higher numbers in terms of infected people. Keep in mind, right, 100,000 cases in the United States, about 40,000 are in New York City. The other 60,000 are in other states, and we're barely testing people. There are lots of people who are in with symptoms, but because the testing isn't available, they've been told to stay home, right? And so, no, I actually think on numbers, I'm t- truly reflecting the gravity of what's going on right now.
4: See, that's the thing. I, I want to bring in Quadricos and Robert. They- y'all have any questions for the doctor? Uh, that's the thing, Doc, that I don't understand here. That... You you have Trump and all the people talking about oh how we're you know uh, you know we're uh, uh, achieving the tail end of this and I'm sitting there going right. but I'm looking at cases in Mississippi in fact uh, Ashton Pittman uh, is a reporter uh, uh, in Mississippi and he uh, posted something earlier uh, a particular tweet that I found to be very interesting that showed uh, how this thing has been moving and escalating uh, in Mississippi. Uh, and uh, it's been a steady, steady increase. And again, you're, you're, you're hearing, uh, all of these people say, Oh no, no, no. Yeah. Th- there's these wonderful, uh, reports from the white house yet you seeing how it's moving in other places. I- I'm confused here.
6: Yes, you know, and that's the truth. I actually had the pleasure of being on a summit last night, a summit call with doctors from China, uh, Italy, and other countries, and they all really pointed out that if you don't restrict travel, the virus will spread. For example, as you probably heard today, the governor of Florida has finally announced that people arriving from New York City, for example, will need to go into quarantine if they're in Florida. Because the truth is, a lot of people, let's use New York as an example, have left New York in an attempt to escape the worst case of the virus. However, most people with the virus are asymptomatic, which means that they're probably now taking it to other states. And so until that is under control, all that's happened is the virus is spreading. It's what happened in Italy when they announced, the when it was leaked, that Northern Italy was going to shut down. People left in mass exodus and that's how it spread across Italy. And right now, that is what's happening. We haven't restricted interstate travel. Uh, people are moving from the hardest hit areas currently to other areas. So what we're going to see is new focus points, hotspots, and we're seeing it on the map. As you watch closely, daily, every city, every state is reporting higher numbers. So we're not peaking it, we're not even plateauing yet.
4: Uh, I'm gonna go to uh, a question from Quadricos and Robert, but uh, uh, while we're setting that up, uh, I'm going to, uh, this is a map from the folks at 538. And they're showing the spread of these cases all across the country. Uh, And they're saying that you're seeing more cases right now in blue states, but it's spreading in red states. Robert, you're in Georgia. Uh, You certainly see what is happening uh, there. What's your question for for Dr. Duke?
7: Well, no, that's exactly my, my question, because one of the hot spots we have in Georgia, is one, is Albany, Georgia, which is a rural area, and also Carrollton, Georgia, which is a rural area. As this virus works its way into red state America, places are more sparsely populated. However, they also have much weaker health care infrastructure. How can we prevent the, uh, the sharp uh, curve that we've all been warning for when you're in areas that have rural healthcare systems that cannot handle uh, ventilators, which cannot handle a massive influx of patients coming in um, the way that a big city like uh, New York or San Francisco or even Atlanta will be able to? that we learn lessons from the other countries who have been affected i think what's
6: unfortunate so far we haven't really used the opportunity that we've been granted which is where the one of the last countries to really be hit by this so we see what other people were doing well and weren't doing well and what you know is even for rural places you have to have a triage system in place and in order to triage you need and so we're lagging behind in testing text, in two ways. We don't have enough tests, and we certainly don't have enough rapid tests. We need to be able to test and identify people right away, put people in quarantine, put people in isolation. There's a difference between quarantine and isolation versus those who need to be hospitalized or, or moved. If you're in a rural setting, to to a city or a hospital system that has the... That we need, so I think that has not quite well been messaged out there, and it's not uniform across states. That's for sure, and it's certainly not something that's well understood amongst this, the everyday person. And we need to do a better job with that because it's important. It's the only way we can stop spread, whether it be in a rural area or not, we can't pray for summer no proof that this virus would really go away in summer. We can't just rely on the idea that maybe some of us are immune or herd immunity. That is not the case right now. We need to do better at containing, meaning stopping spread.
4: Uh, quadrico you got a question for the doc?
8: Uh, two questions, doc. Uh, the questions I've been receiving a lot. First question is, is this thing airborne? And the second question is, How long does one have to be in the presence of someone who is infected to be infected?
6: Yes. Uh, Is it airborne? Not in the sense that people presume airborne to mean. So first of all, viruses are not alive. So it's not like it's living and out there breathing or getting energy. Viruses are particles. They're not alive. They're technically inanimate but they can hang in moisture droplets for a couple hours, two to three hours. And certainly if you're within less than six foot space from someone, droplets pass between people. And so air droplets can have particles. Um, so that's the first question, is it not exactly, but it can be in the air, yes. Um, and if you have a single isolated circulating system, like say um, an airplane, et cetera, it can because there is only one source moving throughout the penis, et cetera. And your second question was—I'm uh, sorry, can you repeat the second question?
8: How long does one have to be in the presence or the company of another person who is infected in order for them to be infected?
6: You know, what's amazing it's not long at all. And so some of the papers coming out of China show that people who just sat next to other people on a subway became infected. Um, it's just a matter of viral load, being exposed to a bolus, as we call it, a virus. And you may only have maybe shaken hands with someone and didn't clean your hands after you. Um, you sat next to someone for you know right next to someone for a few minutes, but it may be enough to expose you. Particularly if you have underlying uh, immunocompromised state, meaning your underlying health isn't the best for its immune system. And also if you're having repeated short exposure, as we're seeing with healthcare workers, they may not spend a very long time with any. Any individual who's infected but repeated exposure absolutely further worsens your chances
4: all right dr cindy duke actually my final question for you dr duke your folk your, your specialty is fertility uh for, yes sir for, for, for women out there who are looking to get pregnant women who mm-hmm. are who have already gotten pregnant uh what precautions yes. should they be taking uh with this coronavirus
6: you know, at this current point, we have no specific pregnancy precautions, as in to say, don't attempt pregnancy. Although for fertility clinics, we've been guided to hold back on getting people pregnant. That said, if someone is pregnant, we know that pregnancy can predispose women to certain infections sometimes. And we know that not necessarily from this coronavirus but other coronaviruses, if they cause a really bad fever, it can lead to miscarriage, et cetera. So for women who are pregnant, the recommendation is to really, really practice social distancing, hand washing, sanitizing, cleaning spaces. And also, uh, if you're pregnant and working in a higher scale, the recommendation from the CDC, for example, for pregnant health care workers is to avoid direct patient contact.
4: All right doctor we surely appreciate it thanks a lot
6: thank you thank you for having me all
4: right thank you very much again that's a dr duke uh she's our las vegas uh virology expert you y- see why we got to have these black experts all right robert quadricos i don't know about y'all uh after the first week being at home i gained seven pounds i was like oh hell no uh <laughs> ch- changed the diet and uh, exercise. Dropped, uh four in the last two days gonna lose another two by tomorrow i'm gonna to take those pounds off uh it, it is it uh, how, how are y'all dealing with this here uh you see a lot of people out here they're now put that they, they, doing live stuff on i saw serena williams earlier uh doing uh, a workout with people on her instagram page uh, a lot of workout people are doing that because people are, are homebound what are y'all doing I'm gonna pretend I
7: didn't just put a Mississippi pot roast in the oven before we started this stream. Um, so right now I'm just gonna wait for my six hundred pound life to come get me after the uh, the virus is over because I got no plan currently.
4: Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Go go ahead, Quadricos.
8: Uh, I'm doing a couple things. I, I'm taking a walk every day. I am uh, meditating and praying. I'm actually still working out. I have some dumbbells in my in my apartment. Uh, and luckily, I'm vegan faux, so I don't necessarily have to worry about a lot of pounds. Uh, I keep my diet in check.
4: You say you're a vegan?
8: Uh, vegan faux. I, I still eat seafood.
4: What the hell is what the hell is vegan faux? What was that? Like <laughs> you're foe. like you a fake-ass vegan, or what was what, that?
8: <laughs> I, I I eat seafood, but the rest of my diet is
4: eighty percent plant-based. So, Robert, he a half-ass vegan. Yeah, see, I, I, I cut all you that cut out. All right. I
7: grilled some pork chops yesterday. The day before that, I smoked some uh, some turkey wings, uh, cooked the steak. We made a couple pizzas the other day. I had a lasagna on Saturday. So, yeah,
4: we're going all out on this one. Damn, that's in health and wellness specialist Dr. Yolanda Hancock in right now. Uh, doc, you heard all of what Robert's cooking. Good idea, bad idea. Uh, we can't hear. Hold on, Doc. Hold on, Doc. We can't hear yeah. you. Now we can hear you. Go ahead.
11: I'm laughing
4: at the Mississippi pot roast. I'm from Louisiana, so I can fully relate. Law, I, I, Doc, it's, it's been hard because it's so interesting. Matter of fact, I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, it's so interesting because all these people out here—they uh, uh, they raided the store, and people were buying all kinds of stuff. They were buying, uh, you know, chips and bread and you name it. Uh, and a friend of mine, uh, she posted something. Uh, I'm looking for her page. Where She was like, what the hell is wrong with y'all people? She showed the um, uh, the vegetable line, I mean, the vegetable stand. She said, y'all know y'all can buy some fruits and vegetables.
11: Absolutely. I was actually at a grocery store at the beginning of everything. There was a little old lady behind me with a basket full of Cheetos, Doritos, you name it. And I actually took her back to the store, in the back of the store, got her some canned goods. Took her over to the fruit and vegetable aisle because that's going to be essential. I, as a physician, I tell everyone: assume that you may get it. Therefore, your body needs to be prepared. And food truly is medicine. So as we hunker down and uh, practicing social distancing, we also need to be practicing a healthy lifestyle.
4: Amen. So, all right. So, oh, look at Quadricos, because all of a sudden, amen. I hear an amen corner. Okay. All right. So, all right. So. What should should we be eating? What should we be doing uh, uh, drinking? And also, the problem is... I I remember somebody posted something I thought was pretty funny. She was like, I've been in the kitchen for the 17th time today. The difference now is normally we're not at home. Normally we're out and about. Now we're at home. Now, like, we literally are constantly walking by the kitchen in the kitchen. Right. And so what pra- What things should be put in place for us to be able to, to control what we eat, how we eat, and when we eat? And the other deal is we're staying up late because, uh, you know, folks not going to work. So now, all of a sudden, your whole normal routine is off. So you're not up at 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And guess what? Woo the chip's looking good at that time.
11: Right. One of the things that I would highly recommend, particularly if you have children, is to try to keep to a regular schedule whatever your routine is. I uh, Most of my patients we're seeing via telemedicine. I still wake up at six o'clock. I'm still getting up to work out. My daughter actually has a school schedule that I print out every single day so that when we eventually go back to business as usual, she's able and I'm able to stick to the schedule. The same thing with eating. When we eat our breakfast, we're having our same steel cut oats. It's important for people to understand that with food being medicine, what you want to do right now is boost your immune system. That's going to be critical for each of us if and when we end up acquiring the infection. And the best way to do that is to eat a rainbow, to make sure that we're eating sufficient fruits and vegetables, that we're cutting back on our sugar because sugar impairs your immune system's function. Those are very, very critical um, concepts to understand as we're in the midst of this pandemic. And I certainly can give some specific recommendations as to certain uh, vitamins that uh, need to be consumed in terms of boosting the immune system. And those include vitamins like B6, B6 actually helps in terms of the biochemical reactions that your body undergoes when it's fighting off an infection. Everyone's really excited about vitamin C. It is critical not just in terms of an Im- immune system response, but in terms of making sure that your T cells are available to fight off viral infections. Your T cells are the cells specifically designed to fight off fight off viral infections like COVID-19. And you know, folks are bulking up on vitamin C. There was a study that came out of China, not recently, but actually a couple of years ago, looking at the role of vitamin C in fighting off specifically viral infections. And at about a thousand, of course I have to put the caveat, this is not to prescribe vitamin C, but the evidence supports the use of vitamin C, one in terms of boosting the immune system, but also when you're sick, you're stressed, your adrenal glands work over time. Your adrenals actually use vitamin C in terms of helping to fight off um, infections. So you end up being vitamin C depleted when you're fighting off a significant infection and that's what's going to be critical to make sure you're getting enough vitamin
4: c i made that point about what how people are now utilizing facebook and instagram uh, uh go to my ipad this is a home girl of mine uh her name is phaedra she's out of Chica- out of chicago uh she's a mm-hmm. trainer uh you see uh you see how all her es- exercise equipment was so what she did today was uh, she actually did a face she did a facebook live um stream uh, of her working out and having people work out along with her. Uh, and what's happening is, for a lot of people out there uh, who don't have, uh, you know, who don't, look, I, I've got a home gym, uh, and I've got an elliptical treadmill, bike, weights, dumbbells. A lot of people don't have that. And so what are you also uh, re- recommending? Where do people start, if, since they're not moving around a lot out of, the, out of the home, where should they start in terms of working out at, working out at home?
11: I love the fact that uh, exercise enthusiasts, personal trainers are making themselves available in these amazing platforms. This is certainly one of the positives that's coming out of this pandemic is the ability to access through your cell phone, through your computer, uh, personal trainers that you would not have otherwise had access to. So what I would say is find your your favorite folks who are out there getting it done. A lot of different celebrity personal trainers as well as the homegrown sister girl from next door is posting up, making Zumba classes available, yoga classes available. Again, you want to be specific in what you do. Be purposeful in incorporating physical activity, not just for yourself, but for your kids as well. One of my mentees, Jessica, you know her very well. Jessica Lane out of Atlanta is making exercise available for everyone. I suggest that everyone follow her on Instagram because she's providing some phenomenal workouts. Now is the time we're stuck in the house don't go in your kitchen every 15 minutes. Instead, go on your phone, stop searching about COVID-19, and instead, do things that are going to keep your body healthy. Because the healthier you are going into a possible infection, the faster and better you will recover.
4: All right, I'm showing us one of these videos of Jessica. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know, we didn't try, we trying to do all that. I mean, they, they're sitting here.
11: No, no, she takes it to the next level. but. What she will also do is show you some workouts
4: that just regular old forty-something-year-old women like myself can do. Yeah, Lord <laughs> have mercy. Now, no, they they are doing way too much. Uh, of course, she also got these boxing videos on her page as well, uh, and yeah. so absolutely makes sense. Uh, Quadricos and Robert, y'all got any questions for do- Dr. Hancock?
7: Yeah. So I got a, a a pot of net bones and a bottle of Jack Daniels. After I finish that. What should I start doing afterwards if I'm not into the whole nuts and berries and stuff? Like, how how can you eat like normal people food and still be okay?
11: Very good question. One, you need to follow up with some good hydration. You don't want to be di- dehydrated after all that Jack Daniels.
4: Hey Doc, hold tight. Doc, doc, doc doc, 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 doc. Hold on yes. one second. I'm gonna go Dr. Fauci, the White House, right now, real quick. Go.
14: Certain Jack. days with HIV/AIDS. Um, Cumulatively, if you look at what's happened with HIV AIDS over the 37 and a half, 38 years that we've had it, the burden and the suffering and the death has been enormous, historic. But it came over a period of time. There was the fright in the beginning. What we're seeing now in actual real time is something that's unprecedented. This is something that we have never seen before, at least in our generation. They've seen something maybe like this back 100 years ago. And we're really being challenged to, to, to not only learn in real time, to be able to respond in a way that is helpful and effective. But we're also in uncharted waters. And I think that's the thing that I find different, is that the waters are uncharted so that it isn't as if we have an example of, of how to do it. You know, we, we have an extraordinary confrontation on the health and the welfare of the globe Uh, particularly you know for us here in the United States so as somebody who's been through all of those outbreaks this truly is unprecedented so from the first day to now the first death We've been through something that no one has ever experienced in our generation. Let me say, let me say, good evening to each one of you. I, I uh, trust this was
8: helpful. We'll continue to keep you informed over the course of the Let's
4: weekend. Go by, Dr. Hancock, Dr. Hancock, go ahead. with you your finish? comment.
11: So, stay hydrated. It's important for us to understand that those with chronic conditions like diabetes, hypertension, and obesity are at higher risk of complications and death. Now's the time to get any health condition that you have in order. So if you're drinking your Jack Daniels and having some snacks, what you want to follow that up with at minimum is getting in more vitamin C. If you have to choose between anything else, one thing that you should focus on is boosting up your immune system. And we know vitamin C, of all the vitamins, minerals, and elements, vitamin C plays a critical role.
4: Cordrico, you got a
8: question? I don't have any questions. Uh, I think that uh, the doctor's... Oh, riot. your ass is
4: all healthy since you half fast vegan. Well, <laughs> oh, I see. You want to show everybody... So you see, Robert, see how he do? He want to show everybody well, up with his old half-vegan ass. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think if to I'm the doctor's point, out, you know,
7: up, no you know, I'm, a, I'm a healthcare lobbyist That's also by trade,
8: and so go a ahead. lot of... Go ahead, health, go ahead. A lot of health disparities are because of our diet. And I know that you know we we joke and we laugh, and it's the food that we of course that we many of us grew up on, but we often dig our way with to our graves with our teeth. And so we just need to be more conscious. You don't necessarily have to be a vegan. You don't even have to be a vegetarian. But it's all about moderation and what we do in moderation, and that is also includes eating in moderation. So if you're going to have a steak, if you're going to have a Mississippi pot roast, just make sure you that you have and throw in a little extra vegetables as well.
11: Right. I have to agree. The only caveat I would put in there when you're talking about health disparities is health equity and whether or not some of our people actually have access to grocery stores that provide those healthier options. Absolutely. All right. Doc, anything else? I would just say to try to make the healthiest choice you can so that your body is prepared if and when you are affected.
4: All right, then, folks, health and wellness specialist, Dr. Yolanda Hancock. We certainly appreciate Thank you so very much. All right, then. Okay, folks, uh, we're going to go to a break right now. First of all, let me thank Robert. Let me thank Quadricos uh, for joining us uh, on the show today. Jim, I want to thank you as well. Uh, we appreciate the meat lover and the half ass vegan, uh, the yin and yang. <laughs> everything worked out. Uh, so, gentlemen, thank you so very much. Thanks, Roland. Thank you. Uh, All right, before I go to the break, folks, we do have uh, in memoriam. uh, We lost a great basketball player just the other day, uh, Curly Neal. Of course, a longtime Harlem Globetrotter. He died in Houston, Texas uh, at the age of 77. Uh, He was an unbelievable basketball player. He could do you name it with the rock. Isaiah Thomas uh, actually sent out a tweet uh, praising him as well as Marcus Haynes. Uh, of course, who also uh, was a former uh, Harlem Globe Trotter. Uh, the uh, let me pull up the tweet the Harlem Globe Trotters uh, sent out. Uh uh, go, ahead, go ahead and pull the tweet up, folks. Freddie Curl Neal, the Harlem Travelers icon known worldwide for his trademark shave head and charismatic smile, passed away this morning in his home outside of Houston at the age of 77. That was just a couple of days ago. Uh, again, he was an unbelievable ball player. Uh, he could, he, man, he could, just, he could just use the rock and was curl Pull it back up. Go by the tweets. Go ahead. Go ahead, pull it up. I'm going to read the rest. It was Curly's magical ball handling, shooting, charismatic smile, and iconic ball head in more than 6,000 games in 97 countries that made them start to play and fall in love with the game. Uh, We have lost one of the most genuine human beings the world has ever known, said Globetrotters general manager Jeff Munn. Curly's basketball skill was unrivaled by most, and his warm heart and huge smile brought joy to families worldwide. As I said, uh, Isaiah Thomas uh, of course, uh, the uh, Hall of Famer uh, himself, uh, he talked about um, uh, the dribbling skills uh, of uh, Curly Neal. And uh, this was a uh, tweet that he sent out. For those who say, hold up, Brady. for those who say the game has evolved, I say what's old is new again. Distance shot making and dribbling is back. Curly Neal and Marcus Haynes taught me how to dribble Globetrotters. trot. Again, that was uh, the great Curly Neal passed away. Uh, all right, folks, we come back. I'm going to do this here. Got a video demonstration for y'all. We're going to show you. So I've been telling about live streaming and trying to help people who are struggling with this. Well, guess what? Uh, we're going to try to help you out, and so that's going to be next right here. Roller Martin Unfiltered. Also, we're going to be chatting with Chris Paul and Huggy Lowdown. they got a couple of things to say about coronavirus. Two of the greatest comedians we have in the country right now. That's next. Roller Martin Unfiltered. Back in a moment. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? <laughs> youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. So a lot of y'all always asking me about some of the pocket squares that I wear. Now, I don't know. Robert don't have one on. Now, I don't particularly like the white pocket squares. I don't like even the silk ones. And so I was reading GQ magazine a number of years ago, and I saw uh, this guy who had this this pocket square here, and it looks like a flower. Uh, This is called a shibori pocket square. This is how the Japanese manipulate the fabric to create this sort of flower effect. So I'm going to take it out and then place it in my hand so you see what it looks like. And I said, man, this is pretty cool. And so I tracked down, the. it took me a year to find a company that did it. Uh, And so uh, they're basically about 47 different colors. And so I love them because, again, as men, we don't have many accessories to wear, so we don't have many options. Uh, And so this is really a pretty cool uh, pocket square. And what I love about this here is you saw uh, when it's uh, in, in the pocket, you know, it gives you that flower effect like that but if i wanted to also unlike other because if i flip it and turn it over it actually gives me a different type of texture and so therefore it gives me a different look so there you go so uh, if you actually want to uh get one of these shibori pocket squares we have them in 47 different colors all you got to do is go to rollingthismartincom forward slash pocket squares so it's rollingthismartin.com forward slash pocket squares all you got to do is go to my website uh, and you can actually uh, get this now for those of you who are members of our bring the funk fan club there's a discount for you to get our pocket squares. That's why you also gotta be a part of our Brina Funk fan club. Uh, and so that's what we want you to do. And so it's pretty cool. So if you wanna jazz your look up, you can do that. In addition, uh, y'all see me with some of the feather pocket squares. My sister who is a designer, she actually makes these. They're all custom made. So when you also go to the website, you can also order one of the customized uh, feather pocket squares uh, right there at rollinessmartin.com forward slash pocket squares. So please do so. And of course, uh, at to support the show, and again, if you're a Brina Funk Fan Club member, you get a discount. This is why you should join the fan club. All right, folks, what's going on? So here's the deal. Here, all right, which camera am I on? Which camera am I on? Am I here? I'm on two. All right, so here's the deal. Okay, so a lot of y'all out there have been trying to figure out live streaming, especially a lot of oh y'all y'all like the uh, the caftan. That's yes, right, I had this made when I was in Ghana. So uh, a lot of y'all have been trying to figure out. Live streaming. What can we? What can you do? What's the best option for you? All those different things, and so people are trying to figure out how to do this. And so y'all been seeing all these people trying to. What what can they do? Trying to hold their phones up and everything. And so here's the first thing I want to show y'all. Okay, so a couple of things right here, uh, and that is these are a couple of uh, tabletop. Tripods, tabletop tripods, okay? Uh, this is a, a tabletop tripod here. Uh, this is another one right here uh, that's made by uh, ReadyCam. I got both of these off of Amazon.com. I like the ReadyCam better uh, because, frankly, it gives you more height. If I put it on the table right here, you'll see like this one right here, which I really love. I, lo- I got it because it's compact. And so uh, if I go ahead and close this up, just show me, stay right here. Just tell me which camera. Three, all right, so you see how small this is? It fits right into your backpack, it's real small. Uh, but the problem is, as high as it goes. But why do I like this here? Because sometimes, if I wanna actually have my, uh, if I wanna have my camera lower than I want it to go, uh, this is gonna allow me to uh, really do uh, a flattened uh, look. And so I can actually put it on the table, and you see uh, how low, it actually, let me turn this around, uh, let me turn this around, and you see uh, how low this tripod uh, can go, and I can adjust it, and so that's how it flat like that, and so then, if I just fix this here, it'll actually straighten up, but uh, that's why I like this particular tripod. I'm gonna have all these links, on rollingmartunfiltered.com for y'all to actually check out. Uh, but I like the ReadyCam one because again, it gives me far more height. You see how much taller it is. If I want to be lowered, I could sit here and I, I know Anthony, I moved it on, you're switching it. Uh, you gotta, so. If I lower it, you see, I can actually take it lower right here. It allows for me to be able to uh, to move it and do a lot more with it. And so, this one is by ReadyCam. I think this is around 40 bucks, something like that. But this is a really great portable tripod that you can actually put uh, on your desk. So, as you see, if I was live streaming and I had an- another camera, I can actually just put this. Um, um, I can put this uh, right there uh, w- with uh, my laptop. So let's say. You streaming on your laptop and again with this tripod which is great you can put a camera on here you can put a phone on here uh, you can put a different device on here you can even put a light on top of here and so I'll just give you an example I'm gonna take this light here off um, I'm gonna take this light off of this light stand here and if I wanted to have a portable light I can actually just screw this light right here uh, onto uh, this, and now I've got me a really good light. Now, some of y'all have seen when it comes to light, some of y'all have seen those big circular lights they use uh, for iPhones and stuff. I don't like those. The reason I don't like those, because I believe in having gear that's portable that I can use for different purposes. Uh, this is a perfect example. This is a newer CN160 light. I love this light because it gives me a ton of light. Uh, in terms of, you see, uh, the amount of light it gives me, I can turn this thing down. I don't want to be that, that bright in my damn face. Uh, but if I, I can turn this thing down, and you, you see right here how, so let me just show you. That's, that's off, but then I can, I can do the dimmer and I can actually increase the amount of light. Okay, that's too bright. So that way, if my if my light stand is further back, it allows for me to be able uh, to do that. And so this is a CNN 160. I love this light. It's $25. Bucks. Uh, and so, again, you can put it on a light stand. You can put it on a portable tr- uh, tripod deal here. Uh, I have a lower, uh, where did I put it? Uh, I have a, a smaller uh, stand that I was uh, just playing with. Uh, Chelsea, go on my table over there and get it for me. Uh, and again, it can be on a small stand. It can be on a larger stand. But This is a great light. Uh, you see how small it is. Uh, you can, it, A battery, battery power. So you have to get a battery that goes with it. Uh, and so the battery works. But again, the light is 25 bucks and the, and the uh, battery is cheaper. All right, here's another light that I like right here. Uh, this is a Trax. Let's go to, give me, give me camera four. Give me camera four. Uh, this is a Trax light. This light is also great. I'm just gonna slide it over here. This light staying over here. I'm gonna slide it over here. Uh, I'm messing with our director because I'm just all over the place. And so this light is great because, uh, you see how skinny this is? It's a slim light, it's a slim light. You see how skinny it is. And so that's what's great about this here. You can actually put in a battery or there's a power cable you can actually get as well. Let me turn this way. There's a power cable you can get. You can actually plug the power cable up right there uh, into this whole deal. Just sit it right there. Just sit it right there. Uh, and so again, uh, this is slim. It slides right into a bag. Uh, it works very well. It gives off great light. Even though it says it does uh, 5600, uh, to me, it's not as good as the. Uh, it's not as good as the newer light. So you see, I can. You can see right there. This is turned up all the way at 5600. I don't. Particularly think it's as bright as the newer light, you can tell. Because look at that, look at that right there. And then this is the newer light. Uh that's all the way up. See? Big difference. That's all the way up. Let me get out of that light. That's all the way up. So the, I think the newer light is a lot brighter, which is important because if you're further away, it, it, it hits you with more light. But this is softer. But why do I like this light over the newer light? This right here. And that is it allows for me on the back here to know exactly, let me turn it that way. You see that right there? You can zoom in, Anthony. So right there, I can, I can press this button here. I can turn down the intensity of this light. I can turn it up to 5600. I can turn it all the way down to 3300. And it gives me a constant Uh, warning in terms of uh, my battery level. That's the other reason why I like this light. The newer light does give me a battery reading, but I press the button right here, as you see. So I press it, and I've got three or four lights. And so these are the best portable lights that you really can use out there because they're, they're economical. They're easy to use. Oh, so this light stand right here, okay you don't necessarily you don't look you don't if if you're not doing a lot of video stuff you don't have to get you a light stand i like that this light stand because of this reason here it's a collapsible light stand goes all the way up to six feet but here's the reason why i travel a lot by myself i pack my own gear and so what happens is i'm not trying to have a whole bunch of extra stuff and so this thing here Collapses all the way and the legs fold up. Now, most light stands they fold down, which makes the stand longer. This actually folds up, and so well, you'll see how it becomes portable. This actually, Chelsea, do this here. Bring me my black and my black and uh black and red tripod bag. So, this here. Uh, You see this right here, folks. This can fit easily inside of a 22-inch carry-on suitcase. That's important. Collapsible is important. For me, I'm all about space. I'm all about how can I pack economically. So let's say I'm traveling and let's say, or I'm just traveling from one place to another. I'm going to somebody's house to shoot. I can put this in a 22 inch suitcase. I can put that light, uh, it's, it's right there in, in a black and red uh, tripod bag. I can put the light uh, in in the same case. It's real simple, very easy to use. And so same thing with tripods. You see right here, give it here. You see right here, uh, folks, thank you. Okay see right here, folks? Uh, I got a tripod here. That's a large tripod. This is a. This is like a 74-inch tripod. Uh, it's a really high tripod. I don't always need that, uh, but if you look, you're looking for portability, here's a great one. Uh, this is by uh, Millaboo. Again, same reason why I like it, because the legs fold up and you see how small this is. And so what happens is, uh, I'll just put the arm over here. Let it fall. Legs come down. I unscrew it, and then what happens is I have, of course, the tripod here, uh, and then, of course, if I do it that way, I can fold the legs up. Everything, everything is much more compact. That's important because, again, you're not trying to sit here and have a whole whole bunch of crazy gear. Uh, this is, was about 120 or so bucks, uh, but works real well because it's so compact. And so uh, that's what I wanted to show you there. All right, churches, nonprofits, you got a church, you out there, you want to live stream. Part of the problem is uh, you right now, you don't have a big old ministry. You don't have all this sort of stuff. This is real basic. You can stream with an iPad, okay? This is an iPad holder. This device right here by uh, G-MARS, G-I-M-A-R-S, it actually can hold an iPad. I'm gonna show you uh, what I mean by this. So let's say, again, you're not trying to do a whole bunch of stuff for the church service. You're just trying to be real basic. You're not trying to switch between all these different shots and stuff along those lines. All you gotta do is get, all you got to do is get this device right here. You take your iPad. What you do is you, you can, this thing can go, you can, I mean, it can hold an iPad this way or it can hold an iPad this way. Y'all know how I feel about uh, vertical videos. I hate them. I prefer horizontal videos. And so that's why I always turn it horizontal. I'm just going to plug this up. Uh, to show you uh, how this whole deal works. And I got it on a monopod. I'd rather put it on a real tripod like this here uh, to where it can stay. But for the purpose of this demonstration, I'm going to put this on. So let's say your church has a Facebook page. Go ahead. You should be able to pick up my uh, Facebook, right? My, my, My iPad, right? So pull this shot up. Pull this shot up. Okay, so here's the piece. You got a Facebook page. You want to go live. And so your whole deal is, if you got your Facebook page from your church, what do you do? You simply open up your Facebook page. You click Publish. You click right here, the Facebook symbol, and you see all of my options. I click live video. Yes, I can access the page. Yes, I have that. Now I'm going to reverse the camera right here. Uh, You see right here, we're showing the set. Let's say uh, this is just real basic, folks. For a lot of small churches out there, and you're not trying to spend uh, lots of money, But you want to be able to go live on your Facebook page, uh, that's all you got to do. Today's church service, I click that, then all of a sudden, now I'm ready to go live. And so, even though we're streaming the show right now, as you see in the top left hand corner, we are live on Facebook. Y'all, it's that simple. Now, keep in mind, cancel the video. First of all, uh, I don't want to say this here. Um, So, if your church, and again, you, you just want to have a basic streaming or a nonprofit or if you're in if you're in your um, you're, you know you got a group or whatever, you want to do just some basic streaming. It's all you got to do right here is just use this stand right here. Get this right here, Hold your iPad. It can also hold an iPhone and allows you to be able uh, to stream. Uh, and so you just simply create you uh, a profile page. Uh, and so here's a piece. Uh, call a fan page, a like page. Don't use a profile page because people can't enter a fan page. They can, anybody can enter. You don't have to approve them or anything. That's the best thing you want to do. But that's how easy it is just to be able to get you a basic tripod, attach this to the tripod, and set your, set your iPad up. Then you can stream on Facebook, you can stream on YouTube, you can stream on Periscope, uh, which really are the three. Now, Instagram Live, let me show y'all something with Instagram Live a lot of people have learned. So many of y'all were watching my man, D-Nice, as he was was, uh, spinning, and folks got mad because all of a sudden they're watching D-Nice and his video shut down. Okay, I'm going to do this here. I'm going to do this and I'm just going to hold it. So the video D nice shut down. Here's why it shut down. So who's calling me? Uh, Looks like uh, Huggy or Chris calling me. So here's what happened. You were live. So let me show you something. We go live. Uh, Enable. Enable. So when you're live on Instagram, I need to explain something to y'all. First of all, when you're live on Instagram, it only lasts 60 minutes. It only lasts 60 minutes. Also, on Instagram Live, you cannot put in... Uh, I don't know why its live's not coming up. You cannot put in a title on Instagram Live. That's a problem. So you can't title yours. But YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, you can. Second, when you go live on Facebook and or YouTube or Instagram, it immediately archives. Whereas Instagram Live, it's available only for 24 hours. It's only available to the people who follow you. Yet, Periscope is open. Facebook is open. Now, on Facebook, they gotta actually join your page. But YouTube, they don't have to actually subscribe to your channel to actually see your video. And so, my suggestion, if you are live streaming, my suggestion is your first option should be YouTube. Your second option should be Facebook. Your third option should be Periscope, which is owned by Twitter. And so that's that. That's the reason why uh, if you go to Periscope, uh, let me pull it up here. It should show up at the, let me go to the top. Come on, come on. Lord have mercy. Now, go, go to my iPad, please. So here's the piece. Do y'all see right here with Periscope, you see, uh, at the top, these are all people who I follow. So I follow Jamal Bryant. If I click that, uh, I go to Jamal Bryant's Periscope page. Okay? I go to his Periscope page. Twitter owns Periscope. So the reason, y'all, I get it from all y'all, why Roland Martin do I keep seeing you uh, at the top of my Twitter page? Because whenever we are streaming some video, whenever we're streaming some video, it's you're gonna see at the top of your timeline because you follow me. Uh, and so uh, that's, that's what we say that. but again, I, re- I prefer that if you're going to live stream that you do YouTube first, Facebook second, or you do uh, or you do a Periscope third. and again, Instagram live, it's only 60 minutes. Also can get some other information. Periscope, no time limit. If you want to stream for eight hours, you can stream for eight hours on Periscope. YouTube, no time limit. You want to stream for eight hours. Facebook, there is a limit, four hours. Now, look, most people are not going to be streaming for four hours. We know that. Most are not going to be streaming for, you know, 20 hours. But when Dick Gregory died and when I I set up our live streaming plan uh, for TV One, we streamed to 10 different platforms. And so Congresswoman Maxine Waters was actually speaking in the church service. And I was monitoring the different pages, and all of a sudden, I don't see her on Facebook. I'm like, what the hell? So I run back outside the sanctuary. I'm thinking the equipment shut down. We were live on YouTube. We were live on Periscope. Then I'm sitting there. Then I hit me. Facebook has a limit. And so Facebook has a limit of four hours, and you have to simply restart your live stream. And so just giving you all that information to understand uh, when you talk about how do you do live streaming things along those lines. Now, if you are a... So let's say you... That's just an iPad, and you don't want to stream on the iPad, and you don't want to stream on the phone. You want to be able to do some different things uh, with your uh, as you're streaming. Here's what I would also suggest. I would really suggest if, if, if you don't really want to do the iPad, or you don't want to do the phone, but you do want to have something that's different, Mevo. Mevo, they had a new Mevo out, uh, which makes it easier to live stream but I love the Mevo camera. This right here, folks, is actually the Mevo camera. This is the camera, where you way at, way at? Which, cam- which, which, which camera are you on? Okay, you're on four, okay? You're not on four. This is the Mevo camera, okay? This is called the Mevo Boost. This actually gives you far more power, and what it also does right here, if I can open this, the Mevo Boost allows you to plug in an ethernet cable as well as a USB. Why is that important? Because this is important because when you're live streaming, let me come back to three. When you're live streaming, you need a stable signal. Wi-Fi is not stable. And so if you have an ethernet, you plug it into the device. They do sell an adapter for uh, you to plug up uh, an iPad to an ethernet. Yes, you can plug up ethernet cable to an iPad or an iPhone, Uh, again, we'll have the link on my website for you to actually see it. But the reason I love the Mevo is because the Mevo really allows me to do some different things and I want to be able to show you. And so let me try to grab the iPad back. So let me just do this here. So what happens with the Mevo, the Mevo connects to your iPad, your iPhone, your Android. It connects uh, by virtue of Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. All right, so I'm pulling up right here. And so I got Bluetooth on. And so uh, Anthony, you might wanna go to it. So what I do is I go to my uh, iPad and I click uh, the Mevo app. The Mevo app comes up. I wanna skip all this sort of stuff. Okay, no, okay, fine. You can send me stuff. Configure Mevo. All right, it's turning the. What it's doing is it's configuring it so it can actually, so I can actually pick it up. And so uh, it's establishing the Wi Fi connection, all that good stuff. But uh, the the, the beauty of it tells you, okay, fine, you want to be, what Wi Fi network you want to use. And it tells you all those things. I don't want to do that right now. No need for me to go live. So I'm just going to say Mevo Hotspot. This is really, really great, folks. It's really, really great. Uh, when it comes to the Mevo because the Mevo does what we call live editing. It allows for you to be able to push in uh, on a shot uh, while uh, you are doing it. That's what I love about the Mevo. Uh, And and so you can actually switch your shots. Uh, You can zoom in, you can zoom out. And so I'm going to show you in a second. But this is also great because from this camera, from this camera, you can stream to Periscope. To uh, YouTube, to Facebook, or you can stream simultaneously uh, to all three platforms at one time. Some of y'all right now are going, what did he just say? I can go to all three. Yes, you can. Which is what we do. Anthony, go to my go to my uh, go to the iPad right now. So, the Mevo folks is connected. All right. Here's what happens: the audio on the Mevo can get picked up either from the camera or from the actual iPad. So you see right here is I can do the Mevo or I can plug in a device uh, and actually I can plug in a device right into uh, uh, the Mevo. Uh, But here's why this is great. This is the wide shot of the Mevo. Watch this. I can change the shot. And so we're gonna do this here. Let me go to the wide shot. Okay, I'm gonna, so you see right here on this page here, I can either go to Facebook, I'm not gonna set it up. I can go to YouTube, I can go to Periscope, I can go to LinkedIn, or if I'm sending my RTMP feed out, I can send it out, or if I got a a plan with Vimeo, I can do that. I'm just gonna go ahead and hit record, okay? So I'm just gonna go ahead and record it. So you see right here, so what am I doing, all right? So I just wanna see see a, uh, a shot of the clock. I wanna see a shot of the TV. I wanna see a shot of the lights over here. I wanna see a shot right here. I wanna see a shot right here. I'm actually live switching as I'm talking to you. Now the important thing with Amiibo, you need lots of great light, because the problem is if you don't have great light, it's gonna look grainy when you push in. So I'm gonna go back to a wide shot. So let me just turn it around this way. And I'm just gonna do this here because we've got uh, great light uh, in here, okay? So now I'm facing here, so I'm gonna say, you know, I want that shot, I want that shot, I want that shot, I'm gonna go back to a wide shot. In fact, on this page right here, you can actually set up your shots, right here. Okay, new static shot, okay, new static shot, new static shot, and then my wide shot, which is uh, my wide shot. So when I go to this page here, Look up, Uh uh-oh, I could've stayed on this page right here. And I can switch here, I can switch here, I can switch here. Now some of y'all may be watching by saying, okay, yeah, but how do you know it's actually switching? Watch this here. Turn this off, I'ma hit this button right here, I'ma go back here, Uh, your recording is in the library, and then just now I'm gonna click that button, I'm gonna click download. I can actually watch what I just did right here. And so you'll see it in a second, folks. You'll see in a second uh, just what I did. I really love the Mevo. I really love the Mevo. I love the new Mevo they have. Makes it very easy for you to live stream. But you don't have to live stream with the Mevo. You can actually record just your interview uh, with the Mevo. This is really, I think, for a lot of people, this is really the best option. It's really the best option because if I'm got it got that front of a podium and somebody is speaking or a little distance away, I can just sit here. And if I got a wide shot of the choir, okay, fine. Tight shot of the pastor, I can switch shots right there. I can be streaming. It's all good. I can move it around. I can record an interview in the pastor in his office. I can record somewhere else. This is what's great about this particular camera right here. And so I'm about to show you, I'm about to show you, it's almost finished downloading. You're gonna see what the switch shots look like. And that's why this camera is so great. And this is really what I would recommend. I don't, they're not a sponsor. I've just used all this equipment. You can use a GoPro as well. I have a GoPro camera. Uh, Here is the GoPro, the GoPro camera as well. Uh, The problem with the GoPro is it stays on a wide shot the whole time, so you can't punch in like the Mevo. But the beauty of this camera right here is you can also stream to Facebook or to YouTube or to Periscope. Now, y'all want to see those shots? Go right to the iPad. You see that, folks? So you see what happens when, uh, what happens with all those different shots. And so uh, about one more minute, and then I'm going to go to my man uh, Chris Paul and Huggy Lowdown. Uh, they're going to be joining us. Uh, and so you're seeing this is the beauty of this Mevo camera. You can switch your shots. You can change your shots with this camera. Uh, and so you're going to see I'm going to punch in uh, to one. I'm going to punch in to the other. Uh, this is the only camera that does that. Utilizes a lot of the, digi- di- di- uh, dig- the digital uh, optical uh, lens. This is a really great, it's an easy camera to use, easy camera to learn. And so if you're just doing some, base, if you're doing some, you just want to do some live streaming and recording and not a lot of serious stuff. You're not trying to get like this big camera, that Canon camera right there. I would really recommend you get the Mevo camera because of its versatility and allows for you to do a lot of different stuff when it comes to recording video and comes to live streaming. Again, you can connect an external mic uh, right into the iPad. The new Mevo, you can connect the external mic right into the camera. Just makes it easy for you guys to live stream. All right, hope that is helpful for everybody who's watching. Uh, when we come back, we will have a little fun. My homeboys, Chris Paul, hug you low down right here, Roller mountain Unfiltered. So a lot of y'all are. All alright Anthony, come back to me. What are you doing? Camera two. No, do camera three. Do camera three. Come on. Come back to me. All right, y'all. Now it's time for us to have a little fun here. I'm rolling unfiltered. I know we're we're past our time, but I had to call a couple of homeboys of mine. Uh, we're, of course, all this coronavirus. Go ahead, switch the camera, zoom in. Switch the camera, zoom in. Uh, Chris Paul, are you there? I'm here, Roland Martin. What's up, baby? Well, man, hopefully you learned something from that video demonstration there.
12: I did, for real. I got to be honest with Black America right now. Me and Huggy Lowdown did have to call Roland Martin a couple of days ago and hit him up for a master class. Now, you went even more deep into it just now, so we appreciate that. I'm sitting here taking notes.
4: Well, you know, I mean, people, like you say, people call me and they asking me, and now folks trying to set up home studios. Y'all, yeah, what's up? Can we see Chris? What's up? Why can't I see Chris? I heard Chris. Can I see, can y'all put Chris on? What's wrong, his Skype, he he, he got that low internet? His his FaceTime is uh, going in and out? All right, let me know when I can see Chris. Uh, But yeah, Chris, I mean, people been blowing me up because, you know, all these TV anchors, they doing the shows from their underwear at the crib.
12: Well, Roland, what we well, Huggy and I we told you, man. Why don't you just show us what you? Everybody now that uh, we're stuck in the house is scrambling to broadcast from this location, from
4: that location, and you've been doing it for years. Wait, well, hey, that's why. I, that's why I was not worried uh, in this moment, like everybody else. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, y'all sitting here, y'all sitting here worried. I ain't worried. I like, I'm, I'm good. But what's also great about you, bro, because
12: that's also the kind of information that other people have, but they necessarily don't want to share it because they want to be the only person with it. So they're the only people blowing up on live stream. But you you willingly pass on the information, bro, and that is, that is greatly appreciated and greatly needed
4: right now. Well, that's the only way we can do it. So we're we trying to pull up Huggy. Does Huggy have an iPhone? He Android. iPhone, don't insult that brother with an Android, what? No, I'm trying, because see, on on my, right here on my FaceTime, uh, normally if you have, if you have an iPhone, it comes up video. So you can FaceTime them. I don't know what was, because I don't know what's up with, I'm trying to pull them up, but I can't pull them up uh, for some reason. And you know, it ain't like, I don't know technology. So... Uh, I thought it must be an android or something. All right, so w- w- what do you make? First of all, I got to get your thoughts on the performance of uh, uh, the-, the Fool.
12: Oh, you're talking about, bro, you know what I'm about to say? You're vicious, bro. You, I, you, I'm watching your show today, and you're like, all right, let's go to the press conference. Dr. Fauci's talking. As soon as he finished and Pence started talking, you're like, all right, we're back. <laughs> you cut Pence off like that. I said, vicious. Look, man, I'm i about The Fool. When I think about the fool, bruh, come on. I'm talking about no matter how bad a situation gets, no matter how deep the crisis we're in, he never changes. He never steps up. Never. He's still up there just lying, lying, lying. It's all about him, him, him. The media is fake, fake, fake. It's Obama, Obama, Obama. I'm like, man, people are dying, dude.
4: What now, today, his whole thing is, oh, if y'all not nice to me, governors, I don't give a damn about you. Right, right. He wants everybody to kiss his
12: behind to save lives. I mean, at this point, what do you think, Rowan? Is it worth it? Is it worth just saying a couple of nice things about him just so you can rescue your state?
4: I ain't saying a damn thing nice. (laughs) Not even to save lives? They ain't saying nothing. I'm going to just dog him all day.
12: Bruh. Again, you said it, bro. Trump lies matter. And the other hashtag I love, we tried to tell. Yeah,
4: we tried to tell you. We tried to tell you. W-E-T-R-I-E-D-T-O-T-E-L-L-Y-A. We tried to tell you. To tell All tell the people you. like, oh, my God, I can't believe Trump. I was like, listen to black people next time. We tried to tell you.
12: All you white ladies in America who didn't over Hillary Clinton
4: and support a fellow white woman. Now look what you got. That's what you got. All right, I gotta ask you this here, um, Dr. Burks. If she wear one more damn scarf,
12: yeah, bro, she's like you with the ascots, bro. She, <laughs> she she got more scarves than you got ascots.
4: <laughs> I mean, she killing me uh, with with the scarf every single day. Uh, and then is, is is Pence the best example of a Stepford wife?
12: Bro, I'm telling you, Pence. Uh, if you if you take off Pence's jacket and look in, in his back, you would see a battery. <laughs> Dude is a programmed robot, an android,
4: all day and all his no whole job. His whole job is to now, kiss Trump's butt. You've been so great. You've been so wonderful. You've been right. so awesome. I mean, you're just amazing. That's him the whole right. day. You can't say anything
12: without first praising Trump. Nothing first. It's like having a conversation with your wife. Baby, you look so beautiful today. Hey, where did all these, why aren't these bills paid? You gotta put a compliment out there first before you get into the truth.
4: (laughs) All right, Chris, now how about this here? Everybody in their mama is now going live on Instagram. It's a bunch of people. I I wish this thing is over because I really don't wanna see a lot of these people going live.
12: Well, there's a lot of people going live, and when they do it, you say to yourselves, "Man, these people are really, really talented." You know, you know what I say, Roland? I know there's a lot of technology now, and I know everybody has a voice, but not everybody should have a voice. <laughs> you know, I, I know it's great that anybody can tweet now, but everybody shouldn't be able to tweet.
4: I concur. I concur.
12: Now, I think the world was a little more sane when everybody couldn't just put anything out there. So uh, uh, what's now. of course,
4: now. now we got the concerts going on. What do you make of Erica Badu saying, damn, that I'm charging a dollar? Oh, is she? She did a concert from her bedroom. She charged a dollar per viewer.
12: I know she did a concert. I didn't know she was charged. What, well, damn? She charged? Yeah, we can go in the D-Nice Club quarantine for free.
4: <laughs> and
12: he can play Erica Badu. <laughs>
4: Well, it has been... I saw, We saw John Legend go do his uh, at-home concert. Uh, Chrissy showed up in t- a bath towel. Uh, no, at- John,
12: John Legend's concert was amazing. It was the best nap I've had in years. <laughs> See, you ain't right. He's just so soothing. He puts you right to sleep.
4: <laughs> Daddy, you, you are not right for that. You ain't right for that. You ain't right for that. Okay, so out of all people who, who have gone live... Who have you enjoyed the most?
12: I've enjoyed D Nice, and I've enjoyed Questlove. Questlove spun. I don't know how late he was spinning last night. He you... was doing all um, hits from the native Tongues. Really? A lot of Qu- people. A, like a, lot, of, a lot
4: of people. A lot of people criticized Questlove, especially like when D Nice handed off to him. Uh, he had like fifty thousand people. An hour later, it was eight thousand left. I mean, bro,
12: he's playing slow jams, bro. You know, a lot of people, young people aren't built for slow jamming these days, you know? And plus, a lot of people are quarantined by themselves. They can't, they got nobody to rub on except themselves. And you don't need, you don't want to be looking at quest love while you're rubbing on yourself. (laughs) That's kind of perverted. (laughs) That's
4: kind of perverted. I do want to go back to D-Nice. I got to ask you about hashtag Barry Nice. The little, the little, the little thing that that was with Halle Berry and D Nice. Were you on the other night? I saw
12: that. Was that real? Were they just playing with each other, or is there potential after this uh, I mean, virus
4: gets I, worked out? I, I mean, hey, fl- flirting is flirting,
12: Bruh, I tell you what, D Nice deserves that. <laughs> he put in so much work on those turntables. He made everybody feel so good, bro. I hope it works out for him.
4: And you know, it's some other DJs like, damn, why I ain't think of that.
12: I know it's it's too late, bro. It's too late now. Now anybody that does it, oh, you're trying to be like D Nice. <laughs>
4: no, I mean,
12: you, I mean, if you're a DJ, you should do it. You know, you should keep to find a way to keep doing your craft, right. what it is you love.
4: It'll help other people, and it'll keep you sane. So, will you do? Uh, uh, a nightly or a weekly Instagram live, and if so, what does that look like? I mean, you're gonna show you cooking. Uh, what's up?
12: Well, Huggy and I are working on some things right now. Now, every, now, again, the the whole concept of going on Instagram live and Facebook live is not new, but I don't want to put out any ideas about our actual content, because somebody can beat us to the punch. So just know that me and my boy Huggy Lowdown are about to drop it. Thanks to Roland Martin's <laughs> technology tutorial. <laughs> he will be in business soon. All right, Roland, Chris... Roland, Roland was like, step one, Chris and Huggy, turn your phone on.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, was, I, I, I wasn't that basic with y'all. I mean, y'all were able to understand some stuff. But uh... me and Huggy were trying
12: to figure out Zoom last night. And I'm telling you, I said, we are some idiots. <laughs>
4: Y'all, really, really. Uh, I'm telling y'all, session with you. I'm telling y'all, so Huggy and Chris were literally going back and forth. And finally, one of them was like, why in the hell are we doing this? <laughs> they were like, why in the hell are we trying to figure this out? Call yeah. rolling. Yeah. <laughs> I well, get text from Huggy, uh, can you hop on, on the phone uh, real quick? And I, I was like, all right, hit me in an hour. I said, hit me in an hour, y'all. He called me exactly at 4.30.
12: Right. We were going to call you last night because we were working on it at like midnight. And I said, well, call Roland. He's probably awake. And Huggy was like, nah, it's not worth it. If he's not not awake, it's not worth the hell he's going (laughs) to unleash on us for calling. I was awake. I was awake. I knew knew you were. I knew
4: you were. I was awake. So, uh, look, we looking forward to that, man. It's always great to have you. I figured we wanted to have a little fun. We're going to have more comedians on Rolling Martin Unfiltered. People out there, they quarantine, they self-quarantining. And so we need to give them something to at least laugh about uh, in these days.
12: That's right. Well, make sure y'all follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Paul Comedy. And Roland, keep doing what you do, brother. And I, we'll talk to you in a little bit.
4: We need some help. All right, Chris, we'll take care of it. Thanks a bunch. All right, all folks, right, we got to go. Thanks for all of y'all joining us. We had an absolutely fabulous show. I want to thank all of our guests for being on today. See, this is what we do. We giving y'all... What, look, ain't nobody else giving y'all this here. I'm telling y'all right now. There's no other digital show out there five days a week giving you the kind of content that we're doing. I know we went a little bit long today. Uh, normally, I limit this thing to two hours. Uh, but uh, uh, it's but it's all good. Uh, everything is going well, and so people are sending me text messages. Y'all really enjoyed um, that, that that video thing, thing, right? I got some other stuff that I'm gonna do next week. I'm gonna show y'all how to. I'm gonna do a demonstration next week. I'm gonna show y'all how to record uh, Skype and FaceTime interviews. I'm gonna show y'all that next week. I, I ain't want to show y'all everything, okay? I need you to come back for some stuff. Uh, So I'm going to show y'all all all of that uh, next week. And so we appreciate all of y'all joining us. Please support what we do at Martin Unfiltered by going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Join our Bring the Funk fan club. You can give via Cash App, Square, PayPal. Also, we got merchandise uh, on Teespring. Yo, my girl Tiffany Lofton, I love her dearly. Uh, Tiffany sent me a video. I'm, I'm gonna end the show. We're gonna we gonna show y'all the Brina Funk Fan Club, but I gotta show y'all this video first. Uh, Crazy Tiffany, Tiffany ordered uh, a uh, a sweatshirt, a Roland Martin unfiltered sweatshirt, y'all, and so she sends me this video. If y'all go to Teespring, we're gonna have it on. We're gonna have it on RolandMartinUnfiltered.com where you can order the T-shirts. Uh, but but uh, y'all check out Tiffany Lofton. This is the video she sent me. Rocking her Roland Martin unfiltered Daily Digital Show shirt. All right, go go to my phone. Check this out. Audio. Need audio. Tiffy and ain't got no sense. If y'all want to check that out, so again, uh, we're going to have the link on RolandMartinUnfiltered.com where you can actually order uh, a sweatshirt. Yes, part of the proceeds go to us. Uh, so we certainly appreciate that. I think you can do mugs, sweatshirts, T-shirts, all that sort of good stuff. And so y'all check that out. Please support what we do. Uh, we are, y'all, we are independent. We black-owned. Don't nobody else own us. But of course, uh, look, in, in this time now, Uh, advertising has stopped. And so bottom line is, uh, we want you to watch our YouTube channel, because when you watch the clips on our YouTube channel, we are able to generate ad dollars through the YouTube platform. So please, that's why we put only the clips on YouTube. We put the links on Facebook and Twitter. We Do not put the actual video clips up because we need to be able to generate those advertising dollars. But also, the dollars that you give make this possible, make it possible for us to be able to have this equipment to pay the staff, all this stuff. Uh, This set that we have, of course, give me a wide shot. Uh, My man Leroy Campbell did the artwork for us on this new set. And you see, give me a wide shot, and you give me me camera one. Uh, And see, y'all see with this set, we're able to move the pieces out for us to be able uh, to do different stuff in here, like give a demonstration. demonstration, uh, and so I'm glad we did that, and so please support what we do, we always end the show every Friday with our supporters, our Bring the Funk from fan club members, our goal is simple, to get 50, to get 20,000, I love 50,000, but get 20,000 of our followers to give an average of $50 each for the whole year, that's $4.19 a day, excuse me, a month, $4.19 a month, 13 cents a day. Y'all, we need that to make this possible so we can keep giving you the news as black, as unapologetic, and unfiltered. I'll see y'all Monday. Holla!
14: from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip.
12: I thought in that moment, oh my god, we've
3: summoned something from this board. This is
14: Uncanny USA.
1: Zumo Play.